This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show is live on your YouTube machine every single day, 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern, the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. You never pay the advocates to talk to one of the best injury attorneys. They can handle it. Trust me, they've seen everything that you're dealing with. Whether you got hurt at work, a car accident, you got hit while you were running this morning or riding your bike, hook it up at theadvocates.com where you never pay a penny out of pocket. It's the advocates at theadvocates.com. Pretty big day uh, going on in college football. A shocker uh, in the transfer portal. Uh, earlier today, I was stunned to find out that uh, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas is in the transfer portal. I think these, the most shocking news uh, came just, I don't know what, 10 minutes ago. Riley Leonard, the quarterback at Duke, uh, is in the transfer portal. This, according to uh, Max Olson at the Athletic, uh, he will easily be the the most coveted quarterback in the portal right now. And I think he's going to Notre Dame. We talked about this three months ago. Um, I think he is a perfect fit at Notre Dame. I think Riley Leonard's a guy that I, I, I'm stunned, Jake. Like, is that a name that you ever thought you would hear in the transfer portal? Not exactly. I mean, it's definitely uh, a little bit surprising. But at the same time, I think NIL and the transfer portal put kids in a position where they understand that they can they can try to do everything possible to control their fate in terms of draft stock. And when I think, you know, when you talk about the quarterback position, I, I think these kids understand that, hey, it's not just that I can get to a better situation now. I can make more money now. You know, there's this whole conversation around, you know, Washington State's former quarterback, Cam Ward, and the idea that, hey, he he's he's looking at a million dollars or more in NIL for wherever he goes. I mean, that's essentially, allegedly, the fee, allegedly. according to some folks. So so for Riley Leonard, yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to, to be looking at a bigger brand uh, on the East Coast or in the Midwest that, that improves your draft stock. And, and I do think Riley Leonard is a hell of a quarterback talent. But I do think the reality of the situation for him is, is that Duke is not a big enough program to get you into the college football playoff. It just simply is not. So you can go to Notre Dame, and at least at that point, you're in the conversation. Now, whether Marcus Freeman wants to have 11 guys on the line of scrimmage at the goal line or not is a little bit out of your control. So you can do everything you want to do, and you can go and play quarterback at Notre Dame. And I do think that would help your draft stock. But I don't know that that accomplishes every single thing that 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 he would want to get done because seemingly Notre Dame's always in the conversation, but then we get to this time of year and they're not. Mm. So I don't know. It's an improvement. There's no question. It's an improvement over Duke if he goes there, Yeah. but I don't know. It'll be, it'll just be interesting to see where he winds up. If you think about, if you think about the guys that we know um, that are already in the transfer portal, I mean, you're, you're seeing transformative quarterback names. Uh, Will Howard comes to mind. Obviously, Cam Ward comes to mind. I look at Noah Fafita at Arizona with all of their issues. Um, Again, Riley Leonard. It's amazing to me. Um, You can't tell me that Malik Murphy's not transferring. You can't tell me that if if 
if Cam, if a guy like Cam Ward's going to get a million dollars in the transfer portal, are you really telling me um, that somebody like Arch Manning, who it makes zero sense in my opinion to sit on the bench and, and waste another year, are you telling me that that Arch Manning's not going to transfer and get at least two million dollars a year in NIL money? Certainly. I mean, the the names that are going to be in the transfer portal are significant, and, and I I think this is. This is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is nowhere near the end. Um, I think if I am if I am a, a guy like a, a Riley Leonard, I'm probably looking at a million and a half dollars at Notre Dame. Look, a guy like Tyler Shuck. I mean, Tyler Shuck is someone who who yeah. you know needs to have a bounce back here, without a doubt. Grayson McCall. Yeah. Not, I mean that that's somebody that's in the portal today. This is wild. And if 35% of college football rosters which was the number we heard today. 35% of college football rosters are in the transfer portal. Now, are all of them going to change scenery? No, I don't think so. But a significant number, and especially the quarterbacks, those guys are going to change scenery. Blake Shapin. Uh, Blake Shapin's another one. And I, I think you look at Riley Leonard. I think you look at a cat like Malik Murphy, Noah Fafita. The names that we keep hearing that are, are possible transfers I, I, this is, I don't think this is good for college football. I, I just don't, I think it's, it's free agency. And, and I understand that we want that, but I think it, we're truly looking at a minor league football system. Now that's what this is. And I, I think this is what we saw cripple college basketball for the last three to five years. Now, all of this changing faces, one and done Zion Williamson and porn stars, like this we are watching, in my opinion, the death of the blue bloods, mm -hmm. and I think it's going to be awfully difficult to unwind the watch, man. I don't see, I don't see how you fix this. I, I really don't. And well, if if you are a guy, that, and and again, I go back to Malik Murphy and sure. Arch Manning. Yeah. If you're Malik Murphy, why are you staying at Texas? Because you're not number one, and I don't even think you're number two. And there's a real good chance, based on Sark's recruiting class, that he's not going to be number three. Yeah, I think that's a big concern if you're Malik Murphy. And I think I would agree. Malik Murphy is more than talented enough to go and get another starting job around college football. But but I think the big difference between college football and college basketball is the protection that the three-year minimum requirement for college football uh, provides. I mean, these kids can't just go to, you know, hey, I'm going to go like Bronny as an example. Can't just go to wherever he wants to go, in this case SC, and then go to the league. That, that that dynamic is not at play in college football. What's at play in college football, though, is the 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 pass go card that is the portal and is NIL for those who have a big enough brand. And quarterbacks are obviously leading the way, but there's a whole slew of guys who are tight ends, who are running backs, who are wide receivers, skill position guys that are also getting NIL money that's not a million dollars a pop, but they're getting a good chunk of NIL money that they would not have otherwise have received. And they're looking at their path saying, hey, like I got to just get to the best position possible, the best situation possible to allow me to, to display my offensive capability. You know, I look at, you know, whether it's, you know, Will Howard or any of these quarterbacks who are, who are Max in, Johnson, who went from AM now mm -hmm. to North Carolina. I mean, you think about those situations, and, and these are guys that are, are are simply sitting here saying, hey, either my head coach left or I was in a position where 
where my offensive ability was not being showcased in the system, or maybe I didn't have the greatest relationship with my head coach. And so that's why I say, you know, last year at, 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 at BYU with, you know, the Cody Epps situation and, and some of that, like you see it happening on a regular basis. And I think when I look at guys, and, and we're going to have a whole thing about the college football playoff today. When I look at mm. teams on that level, programs on that level, do you understand how good you have to be at this thing as a head coach to keep most of your roster or to keep mo the part of your roster that matters most over the course of all three years? I mean, that is an insane feat. But what do you say to a kid? Because I am convinced, and you're not going to convince me otherwise until he doesn't do it. Riley Leonard's going to Notre Dame. It, it, it's been talked about not in the short term. Like we've been, I can tell you as a Notre Dame honk, as a domer, I'm somebody that is, I've heard that for uh, over a year. Notre Dame, our mother. I'm telling you, he's going to Notre Dame. But I look at, I, I look at, I look at Duke. You had a, a coaching change. How do you say to Riley Leonard, yeah, stay here, play football at Duke. And uh, you don't want to go and play in South Bend. What's at Notre Dame that we don't really have at Duke? Oh, that's right. Access to the national championship. Other than like trophies and big games, what is it that, how are you going to keep him from going there? And look, Duke's done a nice job of bringing the football program up, but the reality is Duke is a basketball school. Always has been, always yeah. will be. And I think, I think you know, Notre Dame is a football school. <laughs> always has been and always will be. Hockey program's nice, but football is the one that leads the way. So to me, I, I look at Riley Leonard and I say, yeah, mm. dude, get to a bigger and better situation. And and I think that that as head coaches, you almost have to – as, as a head coach at a, a, a program like Duke or any program on that level that's not top tier, you got to sit here and say, okay, I've got a kid in Riley Leonard who's extremely talented, and we got to make the best of this thing while he's still here because as soon as he starts playing yeah. well here, he's going to get portal in an IL opportunity, and I'm not going to be – nine out of ten coaches are not going to want to be that coach that says, you know what, I don't want you to go and get the better opportunity. That no, most not. I'm just telling you right now, nine out of 10 coaches are not going to say to a kid, nope, I want you to stay here, ignore all the money, ignore all. The They're not going to say that, man. So that's why I say NIL is NIL and the portal have turned this thing into a situation where, where you almost are playing one season at a time now more than ever, and you're trying to take advantage of the talent you have on your roster this year. And so when I look at whether it's the Sabinator, whether it's Prime up in Boulder with with all his turnover he's already had, like everybody's challenge in the portal is the same, but it's also different depending on the situation. AM's portal situation is obviously significantly different than Notre Dame's portal Very situation. Different. And and that's the challenge of the whole thing. But but it's bad for college football, but I also think it's good for college football. I also think giving kids the ability to go wherever the hell they want puts a huge emphasis on you actually winning. It's no longer good enough to live on the the you know the brand or the reputation that yeah you know five years ago I won a national championship at Clemson, but you know, and then you want to go and do media and complain about it, Dabo. And that's what I'm saying. That's the difference between the haves and the have-nots right now. Yeah, shocking. Riley Leonard uh, is into the – and there it is. Riley Leonard commits to Notre Dame. I, there you go. Boys. And that's another thing. A lot of times <laughs> these guys hop in the portal with already knowing what the plan is. Will Howard is by far the best available quarterback in the portal. But you look at some of the names, and I we are clearly not done. But Tyler Shook – um, 
I don't know where he ends up. And I, I, I just think he did a lot of damage to himself. And I look at names like, you know, Will Rogers from Mississippi state, I think is a, is a big one. Grayson McCall, uh, from coastal, I think is a big one. Will Howard's the catch in the portal right now. And, and I would also point out that Trayshawn Ward is one of the best players in the portal as well. And this is going to be a tough thing to overcome at K-State. It, you're going to have to rebuild that offense. But I I, uh, I am shocked that Riley Leonard left Duke. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be anymore. I really, I, I guess I should not Opportunity's be Opportunity's knocking. You got to take advantage of it. I shouldn't be. Cleveland Rocks, first one in today. Cleveland, good to see you. Um, for $10, hope you had a wonderful vacation. We did. Uh, an article stated today, it's believed 35% of college football players will enter the portal. How do coaches build programs that way? It can't be good. When? It's not good. When? That's how. When I think, and have that on your side. I think the best of that 35% are probably going to go to major programs. Riley Leonard going to Notre Dame, mm -hmm. right? And if you think about that situation, he's going from Duke, who is irrelevant in football, to a, to a Notre Dame program who will occasionally play for a national championship and damn near wins 10 games every single year. Well, Riley Leonard was the only reason Duke was on ESPN all those times early in yeah. the year. I mean, he was Duke. So, I mean, that, I, I have to agree. Duke is irrelevant in football. And you look at Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman was a very good pickup. Um, I think now Riley Leonard's a very good pickup if he can stay healthy. But Notre Dame's a team that has got to get deeper, obviously. And you're losing offensive linemen in the portal. And there is a bevy of offensive line talent in the portal. But you're looking at a situation where Riley Leonard's going to a club that wins 10, 11 games just about every single year. And I think that however long Marcus Freeman is there, we'll see. I, I don't happen to be a Marcus Freeman guy, as you as you are well aware on this show. Zesty, uh, what's up with you, my God? Good to see you. A member on the show for eight months, Zesty. Let's go, Zesty. Let's go. Uh, Monty and Jake, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, bowling time. Heck yeah. There you go. Good to be a uh, a, a Jayhawk. A hell, of a hell of a job with quarterback depth and surviving injury. Logan uh, Pikeet for $5. I think the transfer portal is great for teams like Kansas to help expedite program turnarounds. Absolute Colorado. Colorado. Now, at the end of the day, obviously, I think Prime in Colorado is a great example of a program who you can't build depth from nothing in the portal. He's got to recruit, and now he's got to hit that same level of success in the portal again this year, and I think he probably will, but it, it's not the fix-all. But you look at somebody like Kansas, and I, let's not kid ourselves. The portal is always going to be better. Ohio State's probably going to upgrade the quarterback, right? Like that, to me, Needs is a perfect to. example. Like a Cam Ward. Mm -hmm. Cam Ward is a perfect fit at Ohio State. You put Cam Ward under Ryan Day at Ohio State, they're they're going to be tough. They are going to be tough. Just telling you. Why bring his name up? I'm just telling you. When you actually have a real quarterback playing at Ohio State instead of a... I love how... I Just real quick. When when Michigan and Ohio State were playing that game Here in the pregame on Big Noon Kickoff... Here we go. They, they roll out. They're like, yeah, so game manager Kyle McCord... And I'm like, couldn't agree more, dude. Big-time game manager, big-time ability to turn the football over. Ryan Day might want to get in the portal, dude. Might want to go find a real quarterback. Listen, kid, <clears throat> I, I get it. You're, you're, you, Kyle McCord, is he a world beater? No, he's not. 
He certainly is not. But the problem at Ohio State, I am becoming more and more convinced, is Ryan Day. It's not Kyle McCord. And listen, you you had C.J. Stroud there, and you still couldn't get the job done. Mm. You've lost three years in a row to Michigan, and you can throw the excuses out the window now. That'd be America's team. Right? And I can... I, I continue to say, and I don't know why you keep pronouncing it Ryan Day. That is not the proper way to say his name. And I think it's disrespectful not to pronounce it properly. It is Lloyd Carr. That's the proper pronunciation. always have to be negative. That's the pro- well, that's the proper pronunciation of Ryan Day's name. And I, I, I believe that he's Latin, and Ryan Day in Latin is Lloyd Carr. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, it's not Lloyd Carr. It's garbage. That's okay. what it is. Because it's garbage. Quo uh, Vadis. Hey, Quo. So, dude. Ohio State needs Cam. Use Carlot for Hyundai. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paulo, who's wow, been a member bro. for two months. Okay. Paolo, let's go. Appreciate you. Even if Oregon beats Washington, is that like kidney or liver, you know, like an organ, or is that like the piano organ type thing? Uh, even if Oregon beats Washington, they still will not have a stronger strength of schedule than Texas. No one cares about the Pac-12 outside of the West Coast time zone. <coughs> but isn't this the argument we had yesterday? If Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama's in. We're not going to have a college football playoff that excludes the SEC. Kiss my I know you're upset about that. The SEC is getting in, and whoever wins the Pac-12 championships getting in. And this was the conversation that was supposed to lead the show today. Mm-hmm. And the title of the show today is the college football playoff has an Ohio State problem. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, what is the job of the college football playoff committee? That's the... That's the question, right? What's the job of the committee? I got news for you. The job of the committee is to put the four best teams in. The whys in the house of that, I don't really much care. But you can't tell me that we can have a conversation about ratings or, but I feel, no, I feel, or, but look at the, it's the four best teams in college football Mm -hmm. this year, right now. Their job is the four best teams in college football. And I don't see how we have a conversation about who the four best teams are, and it doesn't include an SEC team, and it doesn't include Washington or Oregon. Because Oregon's one of the four best teams in college football. Now, if you lose to Washington twice, okay, Dan, go back to Austin and start like mowing the grass for next year. Do whatever it is you do. But he's not losing to Washington twice. I am convinced... Oregon's going to beat Washington in Las Vegas this Friday night. And I think Oregon's going to the college football playoff. I am convinced that Georgia's going to beat Alabama and Georgia's going to the college football playoff. But I got news for you. Michigan's that third team. It would not surprise me in the least bit at all if Texas is that fourth team. Because Texas is one of the best teams in college football. And Texas, here's and here's where we get Here's where we get into the Florida State argument. Right. Texas is a better number than Florida State, in my opinion. 
More people will watch Texas than they will watch Florida State. And if we're having an argument about the four best teams in college football, when, when Jordan Travis is hurt, they're not one of the best teams in college football. I think I can make the argument they're not one of the four best teams in college football. I think I can make the argument the loser of the SEC championship game is better than Florida State. Thanks. And it doesn't even matter who that is. But the, the real question here is what is the job of the college football playoff committee? And I think a guy that is well-qualified to answer that question is Kirk Herbstreet, and I think he answered it very succinctly. So as a guy who calls these games, I don't want to do the right thing. If you talk to Bill Hancock, and we had lots of meetings about this, they're not supposed to do the right thing. They're supposed to, their job is to put the best four teams in the playoff. Now, again, it's subjective. Who you think and I think are the best four are different, and that's fine. But that's what that group is supposed to do. Not what do we think about ratings. That's, that's bullshit. Put the fucking best four teams in the game. Kirk Herbstreit on the Pardon My Take podcast right there, and, and I think he's exactly right. Put the four best teams in the college football playoff. Period. I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear about resumes. And don't argue with me that Florida State's better than Texas. That's there's, bullshit. There's nothing that says that. There's nothing that says Florida State's True. better than Texas. True. Nothing. And we can we can sit here and argue. Ohio State. The problem for Ohio State is. You don't have another game and you lost to Michigan and you lost the only game that matters. But are we going to have an argument? Do you really believe Florida State's better than the Ohio State? Well, they're certainly not better on the TV rating side. They're not. And and, and I think, unfortunately, to Herbie's point, there's going to be a lot of conversation about, mom, but look at these TV ratings, man. Yeah, look at the TV ratings. When Michigan and Ohio State drew 19 million viewers, dude. This shit's going good. Yeah. I would agree. 19 million viewers. Are are you are you kidding me? Look at that number. That's a flex. Dude. Up, up up there somewhere and stuff. Gotta be America's team. What? And then Bama and Auburn. Oh man, that sucks. Nine million viewers for Bama and Auburn. Good old Iron Bowl got the uh, all nine million viewers. Yeah, nobody watches the Pac-12 at 5.85 million viewers. They the Pac-12 outdrew Georgia. Yeah. Come on, man. And now here's where you get into, well, Florida State, Florida, 5 million. Iowa, Nebraska, 4 million. Oregon State, Oregon, 4.1 million. Missouri, Arkansas, 4 million. Right? Like the games with less consequence have less numbers. But the bottom line is, if, you, if you're truly putting the four best teams in, I don't think there's any question that it is Georgia, Mama, the winner of that game, in. Michigan, in. I think there is, in my mind, I think Oregon, Washington, in. And then we can all just throw haymakers at each other to decide who the fourth is. But you look at this number, and then you say, well, what were the most watched games of the season? It's awfully difficult to say that Colorado and Oregon wasn't, that's the number two game on the year with Oregon. Hey, the Ohio State involved in two of the three top games on television this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say two of the top three? I meant three of the top four, Ohio State. I'm for real. Like, if you look at these numbers, it's awfully difficult to say that, eh, yeah, Ohio State has no chance. So when we talk about what's Come the on. committee's job, I agree with Herbie. The committee's job is to put the four best teams into the college football yes. playoff, and it has nothing to do with TV ratings. The problem is, is that everyone's opinion of who the best team is 
is influenced by the ratings and where they live. So when I look at Brett McMurphy's affinity <laughs> with Florida State, when I look at the defense of, of you know, Michigan or the defense of Ohio State or wherever you're from, really, you know, wherever you sit and watch these games, these folks who sit on this committee are going to defend what they believe to the death. Yes. And so that's why I think sometimes we get robbed of, of the absolute positively best on the field X's and O's matchups because we should get, and this was the thing that I love so much about what the SEC did with their schedule. Next year, we get all these big games. We get that Texas-Bama matchup early on. We get all these awesome matchups. And that's what I think the committee should try be trying to do because what, in my opinion, what the TV numbers show us is that when you get a big-time rivalry, cheating scandal aside, in all seriousness, scandal aside, if I just said, hey, Michigan and Ohio State for the for for either the Big Ten championship or or who to decide who goes to the Big Ten championship, dude, people are gonna watch that game in droves. And so when I look at the playoff, I want big time, mm -hmm. I like I want Oregon, like I would love to see Oregon against Georgia, rematch of the curb stomping that was Oregon and Georgia last year. Give them another chance. Let's see what it is. I, I just I can't believe. You, you want to argue Texas, Oregon, Texas, Ohio State, Ohio State, Oregon? Sure, let's go. I'm not willing to fight at all on any way, shape, or form for Florida State at this point. I mean, it, they're going to win the ACC championship. They're going to be, what, 13-0? and 0? And I don't think they're one of the four best teams in the country. I know. You look at the college football playoff rankings last night. I think that's pretty nails. I understand Florida State hasn't lost. How can you bump them out? But how can you put them in? How can you put them in? The obvious path here, looking at the rankings, Texas is probably the one that should be there. Florida State's not going to be because you're not going to put two Pac-12 teams into the four. You're not putting Ohio State there because they just lost. Texas should be there. But I think, obviously, I think the top two are locked. Michigan's Absolutely. not losing, and I do believe Georgia's going to beat Bama. And, hey, Michigan – Deserves to be there. You you beat Ohio State. It, it, you know, the, the playoffs job, the yeah. committee's job is not to consider cheating scandals. It's to consider the best on-field performance, on, uh, you know, whether you like that or not. So yeah. I would agree the top two are locked. Yeah, I think I think the job of the college football playoff committee is to put the four best teams in. Uh, Aaron Wilson gifted a membership. Let's go, Aaron. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, Aaron. My bad. Let's see. We've graduated to 20 pages of drops now, so yep. you know, it takes yep. a minute. You have one job. I know. Uh, Lonnie Goodman gives us a $2 tip. Appreciate you, Lonnie. Um, let's see. Expedition Greg. Texas will get drubbed by your boy, Coach Mike Gundy, Big 12 okay. Coach of the Year. We need to talk about this. So did you guys see this today? And and listen, I I I get it. I'm a man. I totally get it. I understand it. We all... We all love it's it's Gundy. I think I've hit it every time. I totally get it. Are you really telling me that Mike Gundy should be the Big 12 coach of the year? He was named Big 12 coach of the year today. And I, and I understand it. You know, Ali Ali oxen free and stuff and <laughs> I this is inaccurate. Yeah, I totally get it, right? You're a man, you're 50. I totally I'm a understand. Man. Yeah, I know you are coach. And I I totally get it. Uh, but if we're true tellers on this show, Mike Gundy's not the coach of the year. The coach of the year should have been between Steve Sarkeesian, who should have won it. 
Mm -hmm. And Neil Brown at West Virginia. Hell no. And Steve Sarkeesian should have been the, the Big 12 coach of the year. But? But every everybody who votes on this, the coaches in the Big 12, they're a bunch of red asses who are jealous of Texas, so they they wanted to hold the door for him and essentially don't let it hit you where the good Lord splits And you. nobody gives a damn about Brent Venables, so don't bring him up either. And, no, no, well, Brent Venables lost the only game that mattered in my but you know, <laughs> you, let me get this right. You beat. No, I'm not doing it. My, my point, point is, why are we, can I just ask why, no, why, are, why are we voting on coach of the year when the championship game hasn't been played yet? Can I um, just ask that question? I, yeah, I don't care. It's Steve Sarkeesian. Texas is back. They're 11 and one. They're playing for the conference championship. And Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe the mullet pulls the shocking upset and, and, and horns down on, on Saturday. Hey, that could be. Tarrant County has seen stranger things. <laughs> I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And I, for my money, I am, I am in on, I am in it's on very clear. What happened here? Steve Sarkeesian should be the, the big 12 coach of the year. And it's, it's ridiculous. This is so petty. This is, and this isn't, wow, look, money. You're all, you're all cattle and no hat. You're a guy whom your boats are full of manure. Cause you hate Gundy. I don't hate Gundy. I hate that Gundy hates the hates Bedlam because he he quite literally has bruises on his keister from Bedlam over the mm -hmm. last decade. But I don't I don't hate Mike Gundy. I love Mike Gundy. I respect Mike Gundy. Oki State and Ali Ali Oxen Free. I totally get it. Steve Sarkeesian's the coach of the year in the big. Where are we at in society today? And there and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the phenomenal talent that he built a phenomenal coaching staff. And he went to, he went to Bryant Denny and he won a game that not many teams have been able to win at in a building. Not many teams have been able to win at. big blue horses. The college football playoff is a farce FSU fourth. Hell no. Get real. Who'd you have instead? Who'd you have instead this week? It, it The thing is, listen, it doesn't matter. You need to be top six, seven. Top six, you absolutely have a chance because two of those teams are going to lose. They're not one of the four best teams in the country, Florida State. It, at least you, you lose your best player, you're not you're not the same team. Right. And the the, the I I get it. Everybody's like, wow, Georgia tax strike. Okay, great. They struggled in against Georgia. Georgia's the best team in the country. Michigan's the second best team in the country. In my opinion. I think Alabama's the third best team, and I think Oregon's the fourth best team. But they got to win their way into the damn thing. Mm -hmm. The problem is Ohio State, who's in that conversation, can't win their way into it. And they made their bed, and they got to live with that. Florida State, if they go 13-0, and I think it's going to be very difficult to keep them out. Absolutely. And it's going to be controversial, which is exactly what the CFP this is wants. The, this is the whole point, though. If the CFP would just put the best teams in there, we'd have plenty of controversy. Because, again, if you look at the rankings – just like you said, like a number eight Bama right now, it, I would agree, is a top four team. So if the committee in the last week of the rankings before we get to it goes ahead and says, hey, yep, Florida State, we'll see you later. It's going to be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Bama. Or Bama, Oregon, Who's going to argue if it's Georgia, Michigan, Bama, and Oregon? It's a hell of a playoff. <laughs> so awfully, if, listen, if Bama beats Georgia, would you really be surprised to see number one Michigan, number two Oregon, number three, number three Bama, number four Georgia? Will anybody really be surprised by that? By the way, 
just just to you know put this in your brain. You you go to next year's format and you look at number fourteen Louisville playing FSU. You think that if if Louisville found their way to a win in that game, that that Florida State wouldn't get bounced potentially oh, from the playoff? Do you understand what's on the line? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I think that's tough. You look at the AP poll and you compare it, and the I think the only team here that would be different in the BCS, I think. Washington would have been flipped. One team would have been different in the top seven. So it's not like the CFP is way off. I don't know. I think it's fascinating. I, I think I, it's never a thing where it's like, hey, they've just missed the boat entirely. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think, think so. I think we always wind up talking about the fact that, you know, it's the Florida State Jordan Travis situation, or it's, you know, it, it's like these little situations within teams that, that have to be taken into account. And I do think, I will say, I do think there is too much emphasis put on being undefeated. Because ultimately, before the Ohio State game, Michigan had nothing on their schedule. And now you've beaten Ohio State, and now you can say that. So for Florida State, I say, hey, you really don't have much on your schedule. Like, how? okay, great, you're undefeated, but But hey, this is why conference championship games matter. Absolutely. And that's why Unless I think, you're Michigan, who's going to boat race Iowa. Absolutely. And that's why I is think... Is there any way Iowa wins that game? No, no. I, I, so I You guys can keep praying. It ain't happening. No, I don't think so either. Uh, is Ohio State there to protect the Big Ten playoff slot <laughs> if Michigan loses to Iowa? Yes. Harry, how are you? Good to see you. Um, how has Jeff Trailer not got the Houston job yet? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I know that's interesting. Is Ohio State there to protect the Big Ten? <sighs> Man, can you imagine if, if Michigan loses that game? But, but also, on the other side of the coin, you're not going to – just because Ohio State lost to Michigan at their place, you're not going to bounce them to like 10 or 11 in the ranking. That's not fair. That's too yeah, much of but a punishment. If, if you lose to Iowa, you're not going to the college football playoff. No. Nope. I, I mean, I, I because at that point, I still maintain Louisville's going to beat Florida State. I think Oregon's going to beat Washington. The by there, Oregon would be in. And if Michigan were playing the if Michigan game, Michigan would be out. So you would have Georgia one, Oregon two. I think oh, Texas. I think Ohio State three and Texas four. But Bama. But Bama's not beating Georgia. Hmm. Uh, and you were telling he Jake was Jake was committing felonies, you know you know, by having certain extremities, Stay hard. you know, inflated over, you Nick, over Nick Saban's record um, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in yeah, the Georgia Dome. You know, he's 7-0 and in the Georgia Dome. He's won, I think it's 14 or 13 SEC championship yeah. games in a row when he's played them. Like, you know, he's got all these great numbers. And, and I don't dispute what you're saying. I mean, I think I, that he's not winning. Like, I, I, I think that 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 if Jalen Milrow wants a legitimate opportunity at the Heisman, this is the game you have to win. You have if you come out and you find your way, now now I think he can contend. But He's until not, that happens, not, he is he is plus ten thousand. That doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter what he is right now. Bo's Knicks is going to win the Heisman. It's his to lose. But if Jalen Milrow can say, "Hey, I just beat the number one team in the country to punch my team's ticket to the college football playoff," it's awfully hard to overcome that. If Penix 
and Washington beat Oregon, I think it's Penix's to lose. But you are certainly not wrong because I also think you look at this list. I think if Bo Nix loses to Washington twice, he's going to plummet. I think no matter what, Jaden Daniels falls because you have to think that a, a cat like Jalen Milrow, it, it, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I think, but Bo Nix, I think Oregon, I feel really good that Oregon's going to win that game. On a neutral site, I would be shocked if Dan Lanning had brain damage two games in a row against Washington. Mm -hmm. That would be, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I, that would be stunning. Uh, Hero 75, I'm a Buckeye fan, but unless there is some major chaos like FSU, Alabama, Oregon, Michigan, and Texas all going down, there's no reason why uh, the belongs in the playoffs, and I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening. Well, I think FSU is the biggest at risk the most with Louisville. I think Louisville's got a legitimate chance in that game. I would agree. I would agree. But I there's not going to be chaos. I Truly, boys, I think Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Oregon wins, and I think Texas wins. And I think it's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, Jimmy Ottson, a member for six months. Oh, Jimmy, uh, which teams are winning they're in? Well, I, I think Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State, if they win, they're in. Oregon, uh, certainly. Oregon, certainly. I think Alabama, certainly. And I think Texas. I think if Texas wins the Big 12 championship over the coach of the year, fuck, I, mean, uh, I think, I think, yeah, I what I think it'll be, I think it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and I would guess Texas. I would guess Texas. Those are the four that I think would get in. Mm -hmm. I don't, because Ohio State's not going to play. So if Texas wins, I think they're in. Man, because that's tough for Ohio State. But, they're, but, but has Ohio, Ohio State... I mean, what is your best win? Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. is, is Notre Dame truly something where you're like, well, holy cow. No, I just mean that that <clears throat> I, I'm not saying Ohio State should be in. What I'm saying is that is that it's it's just your circumstance and the way the Big Ten has worked up until next year that you work all year to play that game, you lose that game, and now it's all out of your control. But you gotta stop, you gotta stop scheduling cupcakes. You gotta stop doing that. That's 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 just my opinion, but you got to stop doing that. Uh, I you you have to build a schedule that's respectable. Period. Uh, Mike Smith, what's up, Mike? Uh, Mike says no Notre Dame in the college football playoff unless they join a conference for football. Bam, like it. Don't like it. Why would you? Why would you want to keep Notre Dame out of the college football playoff? Yeah, I don't understand that at all, dude. What, what do you mean? I don't understand that. I mean, you're looking at a team that, and again, Marcus Freeman doesn't win double-digit games. He doesn't. He's an eight-nine win guy. He loses games you would never lose under Brian Kelly. But if you look at the way that this team has operated, they routinely under Brian Kelly, especially Brian's what last five years, they won eleven games three times, twelve one and ten one. Like that's it. They win games and they're not playing cupcake schedules. Like I, I, I just don't know why, why you would want to put them into a corner like that.
OG Gary, this brings parity between tier one and tier two. Love this. Yeah, it'll be interesting, certainly. The the portal. Let's see where everybody ends up. Jim Choice says the mullet is the man. Mm. Yeah, but he's not coach of the year in the Big 12. You and we I'm happy to sit here and and play it out. You don't lose, first of all. Steve Sarkeesian has the best team in the Big 12. No doubt. He'll be able to reinforce my beliefs on, on in the Big 12 championship game. But if you're Oklahoma State, you don't lose to directional Alabama and the state school of Iowa. <laughs> and then tell yourself, well, but, you know, <laughs> at least we, we went to the central part of Florida and – Oh no, we didn't. We lost. With all due respect. Well, I mean, we're nine and three. That's coach of the year stuff. And Not look. when Steve Sarkeesian's eleven and one, and he won at Alabama. He he, which beat, he would never do. He beat a ranked Kansas team. His loss is in a is in a uh uh, you know, a, a rivalry game to Oklahoma, who was twelfth in the country at the time. Stop. Like this isn't even. This isn't even close. 11 o'clock, Tarrant County, Saturday on ABC. We'll figure it out. Mm. I mean, it just, in my opinion, it's ridiculous to, that Mike Gundy's the Big 12 coach of the year. And it's not personal. A lot of people are like, you just hate Gundy. I don't hate Gundy. I don't hate Okie State. I hate that they gift wrapped it to him because they, they're they pissed that Texas and Oklahoma left for the they SEC. They gift wrapped it as an FU to Oklahoma and yes, Texas. Yes. That's what they did. Yes. Neil Brown is more deserving than Mike. Okay, fuck you. How's that? What Neil Brown did, and I know, wants to fire Neil Brown guy. Neil Brown needs fired. Right? Like, I get it. Neil Brown did a hell of a job at West Virginia this year like it or not, you know, uh, Alexander Smitley, red asses shirt, jealous of Texas. Okay. Tell me you're not. This is, and this has been the issue way back when everybody laughed at me in 2014, when I said, Hey, BYU, including Texas, USC, uh, they're looking to form a different conference because they all went out of their current situations. And now look, what do you know? They're all out of their current situations. It is. I think there is an enormous amount of, and jealousy may be strong. You want what Texas has. You want to be who Texas is. Mm -hmm. You want to be the behemoth. You want to be, you want to be the traditional powerhouse. You want to be where Arch Manning, no doubt about it, is going to play football. You want to be, you want to be Texas. Venom and vitriol. And I'm not saying the burn orange and, oh, horns up, bro. Like, I'm not saying that. But you want what they have. And there's a lot of schools in this conference who will never have that. Including Oak State. You'll never have what Oklahoma has. You, you just won't. You just won't. And it's a harsh reality that I think a lot of universities deal with. And I know that probably pisses people off, but, hey, it is what it is. And if Texas, or in my opinion, when Texas goes out and wins the Big 12 this weekend, I'd absolutely stick it to the Big 12. Stick it to the stick it to Oklahoma State. Tell them how it is. Talk that junk. Like you, like I, because I, you can't tell me Sark is unaware of what's going on here. You oh. can't tell me that Sark isn't sitting here telling his boys, "Hey, 
It's our last game in the Big 12. Let's finish thing this thing off. Let's finish uh, what we set out to do at the beginning of the year. You guys know what it is. And and to me, it, it, I'm going full, you know, flag on the flag on the star, you know, the whole deal. I'm I'm rolling that out if I'm Texas when I win this game. Send a message. Yeah. I think it is I think it is going to be very interesting to see how all of this works out. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what this looks like. So, we'll figure it out and I think Saturday afternoon around three o'clock, it'll be very interesting to see how all of this plays out. But again, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Cougar tracks, a member of the show for eight months. (laughs) Is Mike Gundy, uh, C O L Y. If they beat Texas coach of the year, uh, no, he's not Steve Sarkeesian is. This is why I maintain you shouldn't be voting on coach of the year till after you know who's the champion. The portal is more important than recruiting now. Oh, it is. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, they're that, one in the Lonnie. same, though. They're one in the same because, again, it, it, and I understand what you mean there. Hey, traditional recruiting is less important than the portal. But the fact is that all of your major gains in recruiting are going to happen through the transfer portal. Notre Dame you know, didn't, didn't go out and say, yeah, Hey, high school quarterback, Riley Leonard, come to Notre Dame. They didn't do that. Duke did. And now they're making gains by getting them through the portal. You know? Okay. Uh, Hey Jake, boss frogs here. So dude, Monty, check your text toy. Don't ever threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Booze, food, caddy are comped. You know where to find me. (laughs) Okay. Let's go baby. Do, Do we have, do we have Intel? Do we have, is is it in fact true what he's saying? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. It is it is in fact true what uh I'm the real. What he is saying. I'm Wait a the minute. Real. Mo, what are you doing? There you go. I like it. So it's done. It is done. Wow. Yes, it is. Holy cow. Yes, it is. Damn. It is uh it is done. You're yeah, let's go, Mo. So yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Yeah. That's great. I like it. Anyway. Um I'm I'm golf obsessed. It just is it just is what it is. It is what it mm-hmm. is. All right. Uh let's get some of your other comments in here after we uh, look, it's 48 minutes into the show. Time just well, flying Mike by. Coach of the year, my ass. Time just flying by. Talking about Sark, the the big 12 screwed out coach of the year guy. Uh, I don't need Buckshot to be passionate about that. Um, I love it. You know, I hit it every single day at this time. Well, usually 20 minutes ago. Uh, It's 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine and a bunch of brain food, you guys. It is fantastic. I love every ounce of it. And the thing that I respect so much about Bucked Up is that Bucked Up uses elite ingredients to make elite products that do exactly what they say they're going to do. That's the bottom line of Bucked Up. You read the label, you should read the label on anything you're going to put in your face. Absolutely, you should. But understand, all of the ingredients, they're good ingredients, whether it's their pre-workouts, which are world-renowned and award-winning, their energy drinks, they make high stimulant with a lot of caffeine, low stimulant with a, a little bit of caffeine, or whether it is the best energy shot in the business. Cheers to you, my friends. 
Good times had by all with the Buckshot. Right here on the Monty Show. Hook it up. Get six free Buckshots. If you haven't tried it, get in the description below. There's a link that's going to get you six free Buckshots sent right to your front door. No strings attached. Go get it. Go hook it up. Go get your free Buckshots right now. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty uh, for 20% off at checkout. And then I'm telling you to go click the free link. We never want you to spend money unless you 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 have the opportunity to try it first. We try to comp you guys and hook you up all the time. Hook it up right here, my friends. Buckshot from Bucked Up. Uh, Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Conundrum. Sark got punished for the Texas OK leaving the conference. Yes. Absolutely. Did. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Expedition Greg, Monty, have you heard anything about the latest in Michigan's investigation? I don't think we hear anything else until the season's over. Everybody was like, they're going to suspend Jim Harbaugh. They're not. They're, he is going to go to the, the Big Ten championship game. He is going to coach in the college football playoff should they make it. It is what it is. And then I think he leaves for the NFL. Just my opinion. Uh, Eddie Phillips for $20. Thank you, Eddie. Um, Triskaidakaphobia becomes real for the college football playoff hopefuls next year. Oh, what are you talking about, man? I cannot wait for the chaos that we're going to have a year from now. It will be amazing. It will. Brandon Butler, um, how do you even pick? If you look at this, if you look at this grid. And I love this conversation this year. When you're looking at this, are all the twelve just in? Right, I no. think your your four conference champions, your 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 highest ranked uh, G five league champion. Because remember, next year it's five and seven. So we got in the, in next year's model, this graph is going to say Oregon would also be a horizontal bar there if and we're using these teams. I think you're looking at not much change in this ranking. But look at the chaos around the the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth position, and the teams that are thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Dude, Arizona and the Fighting Fafitas. Good. I'm telling you right now, if they had a chance this year to get into the college football playoff, they uh, they would be right there. They are playing good football. Like, like you look at Missouri, who's had a great season. Um, you look at Penn State, Iowa. Um, the fighting Gundies, uh, you look at Notre would, Dame. Yeah, I think they have anything on the line, the big 12 championship game. They would certainly they would, uh, Brandon Butler. If you can't see the field, you can't, uh, get drafted. I am all four kids transferring to get on the field. It's why Utah did not get a QB last year and lost one this year. Nate Johnson. It, I think you're exactly right. I, I don't hate the idea that kids can transfer, but we need to understand College football and college sports are not what we grew up watching. Any of us, and I don't care how old you are. It's too much money in it now. Too and much. It, the death of the Blue Bloods in college basketball was a real test for the intestinal fortitude of what we have in college football right Just now. Just a stalwartness. Because I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of Blue Bloods that are going to have your former quarterback, and it's going to piss people off. And whether it's Coastal or Duke, Oregon State right now, Washington, Washington State right now, like you look at these guys that are in compromised situations, you look at the fighting Fafitas. Noah Fafitas is, I think we're all waiting for Noah Fafita to hop in the portal. You think he looks at what Riley Leonard did today? By the way, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard going to Notre Dame now. 
You think Noah Fafita would like to be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame? You think Cam Ward would like to be the starting quarterback at the Ohio State? I think he might. Man, I would love to see that. What about what about Will Howard? He is an interesting case because of his ability. I mean, I, I he's not as good as Herbert at Oregon was, but he reminds me when I watch Will Howard. There are a lot of times where I'm like, man, that throw was gas. That was very Herbert at Oregon esque, and I think that he needs to get to a proper situation. He and does, I, and I, and that's not some. That's not the biggest program that's running triple option. I can tell you that. You yeah, need to get I, somewhere that's a spread offense, throwing it down the field, showing what you can do. Yep, I agree. TJ, back for $5. Which leprechaun wins a fight, Celtics or Notre Dame? Please. Please. Don't even get me started on the NBA last night, dude. I would like to think. What a joke. Jalen Brown for going off. And get me a winning prize picks last night. The shit's going good. <laughs> we'll talk about prize picks coming up. I had a good night on prize picks, even though Jalen Brown was a zero for me. Uh, Scott of Greatwater Watch. KJ Jefferson reminds me of Josh Allen. It's That's a big, a big boy, dude. dude. That's a big boy. Yeah, in the portal now. Another shocker. What do you bet? Phenomenal Hebrew. I would really be pissed if uh, Tulane's Michael Pratt was to leave. Tulane, Tulane's on a run, dude. But, but like that's a perfect example of a program that's never going to win a national championship, but in a twelve-team playoff, could have some opportunity. You know, you could have some opportunity to get in every once in a while. And I think that's the greatness of the expanded college football playoff is that you know your two lanes of the world uh, have you know a chance now. At least now you can say, hey, we got to be the highest-ranked G five, and if we do that, we're in. Like they have a chance to be that team. Certainly. You know, and you look at Michael Pratt, uh, Makai Hughes, who is the, uh, the rookie of the year in the AAC. Uh, Willie Fritz is the coach of the year in the AAC. Michael Pratt's the offensive player of the year in the AAC. Um, and, and I, I look at these situations and I say to myself, Tulane's a great story. But is Michael Pratt the same quarterback at Tulane that he would be at Oregon State, that he would be at Washington or Oregon or anybody else who's in the – is Michael Pratt a candidate at, at at Clemson? I don't know. I don't know, but I can I can only say it again. If you're a coach and you, and you get a, a job opportunity, come on now. We built this program on NIL. I am telling you that is something that I would be absolutely after. You have to go in you when you have jobs like Houston, Cliff Kingsbury. Why why is Houston talking to Cliff Kingsbury? Why not? Well, <laughs> why not? Because I think when you look at you look at Houston and you look at the job that 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 Trailers done at UTSA <laughs> How do you say no to that? Jeff Trailer is the guy for Houston. I mean, that and, might be the case, but I, I definitely would talk to Cliffy. I, nah, I mean, I, come I, on. He, he was Cliffy a success at Tech? Certainly wasn't a failure. I mean, he didn't do the best he probably could have done. He was actually very good, in my opinion. He was good, not very good at Arizona. But you're never going to win there. No. But Jeff Trailer's the the guy. You're talking. It's. 
I think Do you it, understand just how fertile Myrtle the recruiting ground in Texas is? I need a guy that's on the ground. I need a guy who can ring the phone of any coach in that state and say, hey, it's it's trailer trash, man. I want your quarterback to come visit me. <laughs> it, it, Cliff Kingsbury's not that guy. I, I don't know. I I, I think I think, I, think Houston, I think Houston's a big job. I think it's a great job. I think Jeff Trailer's the perfect with in San Antonio. Uh, everybody at UTSA, it sucks. But this is the essence of the conversation. This is the essence of the conversation. Listen, Houston's a program that that needs to run a high flying offense. They need to be a program that that pushes the ball down the field and comes after you on offense. Defense, hey. It is what it is. Let's put our best product out there is what it is. Lincoln Riley philosophy, right? We want to score as many points as we can and deal with it on, on defense. And, and when Houston was like that five years ago, they were, they were a tough team to go and beat. You know, they always challenged you. And who else is interviewing for that Houston job? Allegedly, <laughs> uh, Barry Odom at UNLV. How long's Barry Odom been at UNLV? Seven, uh, Oh, that's right. This um, was his first year there, and he is the uh, Mountain West Coach of the Year. Mm. And he's probably going to get a big job after one year. But but why is Barry Odom so successful? Because he's not some rookie off the street. Look at look at how much the guy worked, and where to. And, and again, I said this about Joey McGuire. I've said it about Jeff Trailer. I'll say it about Odom. These cats that start in high school, those are the coaches you want. I you, want the best. People, I don't, I, and this is just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. I don't want the guy who's like, oh yeah, it's big time quarterback. Hire me to be the offensive coordinator. Because those guys don't win as head coaches. I want the guy who won at high school, got a college job and is now ready for a bigger college job. It's a wee fence. Whether it's Odom, Trailer, McGuire, those are the guys that win. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that win, in my opinion. Uh, Expedition Greg, overall college football has changed in the last few decades, some for the better and some not for the better. Absolutely right. It, it, and it, you know what, Greg, I think we all, all of us who have, I'm 50 years old. I'm a child of the eighties. Look how much the game has changed since Barry was in, in, in Norman. Look how much the game has changed since Bob Stoops was in Norman. Look how much the game has changed. Since Mac Brown was the head coach of Texas, since Taysom was jumping over linebackers at DKR, Hell look how look how much the game has changed, and it's going to change even more. Like uh, college football is very different than any of us have ever known it to be. It truly is, and and I, I you know, being based in Utah, I have the great pleasure of of guys like Kyle Whittingham who I think is one of the top five coaches in the country. And just the solid job that he has done. But is he cutting edge? No, he's not. And Nate Johnson leaving, and you might not like it, is probably better for the program. Because is Nate Johnson a quarterback that's good enough to win a Big 12 championship? Hell no. Absolutely not. But can you count on Cam Rising? Absolutely not. You got to get in the portal and get yourself a, a guy to push. Would I rather have Will Howard than Cam Rising? I actually would. Because Cam's best availability or best ability is his availability. He hasn't been available lately. 
I need a number one to push him. Right? So we can look at these situations where we've had rock solid consistency. That doesn't always equate to winning in the in the in the long term. I look at Dabo. I I, I just Quinn if, yours. if if well, but I think Quinn's a very interesting case. You're three, four quarterbacks deep. Again, I know he's not the coach of the year because Mike Gundy's mullet is amazing. But Steve, I'm a man. Steve Sarkeesian built a staff that knows how to recruit and knows how to develop. And now he's got three and arguably four starting quarterbacks in almost any program in the country. Arch Manning can walk into pretty much any 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 quarterback room and be the best guy right now. Facts. Right? And Malik Murphy, I don't dislike what we saw out of Malik at Texas. Yeah, he's a guy that, that I think is... Like, it's kind of incredible. You look at Quinn Ewers, obviously he's the guy for Texas. You look at Arch Manning's got a name behind him, bunch of hype, bunch of talent. You know, we know what he should be. And so because of that, just like you said, right, he can walk in any any room and be the guy. Malik Murphy is someone who's in the middle. You don't you didn't know who Malik Murphy was. You have, who is Malik Murphy? You had no idea who he was. No idea. And yet this is a guy who comes out, bridges the gap for Texas. And now, absolutely should go out and find a starting job for himself. Ride yeah. the wave. And this is my biggest thing with Arch Manning in the portal. Dude, you have a name behind you. You have something to live up to. Go get a starting job. Stop sitting here because you want to be, you know, a longhorn and, 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 and play at DKR constantly. You got to get over that. This is a system of go out and play. If you don't play, you're not going to the league. And Arch Manning is a guy who had a yellow brick road laid out for him be, before he even popped out into the world. And yet here we are wasting your time on the bench. At some point, we need to move along. And that's yeah. just the reality of and it. And again, I look at, I go to Barry Odom. This is an experienced cat who's worked his way up. And I mean, without question, it wasn't a great run at Missouri. But you look at what he learned through that. And look what he's done at freaking UNLV where they haven't been able to win a football game for how long, right? But he's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of friends. He's got a big network. He can, I, I think those are the guys you want. That's why I had such high hopes for Tech this year. I, such high hopes. And the frustrating part, one thing I don't want to get too far away from, speaking of Sark, it really pisses me off we're not going to get Texas and Texas Tech. And I know I've railed about rivalries in college football, and, and I don't mean to belabor the point. It is so disappointing to me. I would guess it's going to be a decade before we we see that we see Texas, Texas Tech again. Have to be in the playoff. <clears throat> I, I I they that's a game that I think is very sad. It, that's a rivalry that we should have. And I, I we're losing, and thankfully we're getting BYU and Utah back. And you know, we're losing Bedlam, we're losing Tech in Texas, like we're losing. We lost Pitt, West Virginia. We're losing these big games. We're losing these big games. And it, it's it's really disappointing. It is really disappointing to me. So uh, the eye patch, go UNLV, beat Potato State. <laughs> you fired your coach and you're going to the conference championship game. Is that, is, is, is Boise State? Is, is the Smurf turf still a good job? I think it is. It's a good job for the right candidate. You need someone who who has vision and understands where the program should be. Bronco Mendenhall. Exactly. Bronco, that Precisely. job should be yours. Precisely. That job. And, and listen, I don't think that Bronco's desperate. Or I mean, if he needed money, he'd go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. 
uh, because he knows that tonight, right around 730, I'll be uh, I'll be trading in the Australian market um, because Mrs. Monty's in the Tri-Day Trading Program. We are learning. Uh, we are growing. We are developing. We are making money at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. You guys, it's it's basically free. It's a $10 charitable donation uh, at TridayTrading.com. You make a $10 donation. They give it to charity. You get their whole program for 30 days for free. That simple. High-level coaching, proprietary software, processes, indicators, and you're trading right now. And it's an adrenaline rush. It is... If you're a gamer, it is not unlike gaming. If you're a golfer, it's not unlike watching that golf ball fly through the air. It is the rush that you get when you are trading the 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 Australian dollar versus the Japanese yen. It is a rush. And when you see those indicators all pointing up or hey, you know the 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 big guys cuz one of the indicators that they teach you is hey, you want to you want to see where are the heavy dollar traders versus the small guy? The big guys versus the small guys. When there's a big gap between what the big boys and the little boys are doing, you can almost always bank. Well, if the if the if the big boys are way up and they're buying and the little guys are way down and they're not, you should buy because those those little guys are going to come up. They're going to oh, the big guys are down and the little guys are up, you should sell because those little there are all kinds of games that you can play to make yourself money. Full-time traders who have graduated the Tri-Day Trading Program are making up to $1,000 a day. And if you want to do it as a side hustle, maybe you just want to pay your cars off. Maybe you want to go play Wolf Creek down in Mesquite. And you want to play the best golf courses in the country every year. TridayTrading.com is making your greens fees for you, right? Three to $500 a day when you're doing it part-time. It's a living and it's a really good one. Live the life you've always wanted to live, TridayTrading.com. And please, somebody on DM last night, my guy Ricky, DMing me, I'm going to do it as my New Year's resolution. To hell with that. I I was at the gym this morning, and we're going to talk about this in the non-sports stories of the day. I was at the gym this morning, and this guy like, came up to me and was in my ass about how many weights I was using. What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Right? And like, what are you, the gym police? And... The thing that I always say is if you're the guy that says, I'm going to wait till January 2nd to go to the gym, well, you're going to be fat the rest of your life. If you're the guy who's like, well, I'm going to make more money this year, but I'm going to start that in January. You're going to be broke the rest of your life. Stop making excuses. Start living your life. Change your stupid habits now. And I put a saying on my, on my Instagram yesterday, the magic that you are dreaming of is hiding in the work that you refuse to do. There you go. There endeth the lesson. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Get your $10 30-day trial membership right now. Whew, there you go. I feel better. Who's all in the house today? Let's let's run through some of your comments. Uh, Bob Holsey, I have a yen for Aussie women. I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, what's a New Year's resolution exactly? I'm going to, okay. Starting in January, I'm putting it. See all these, see all these donuts and cookies. I'm putting them down in January. Until then, I'm gonna be a fat mother. <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. No, don't don't be a resolutioner, please don't. Johnny Gonzalez. Speaking of full time traders, uh, Arkansas, welcome back, a former head coach, rival OC, <laughs> Bobby Petrino. Official. Johnny, Johnny, bro, where were you yesterday, dude? Had a whole bit on it. Yeah, and uh, KJ Jefferson immediately hopped in the portal. We'll see you later. 
1939 National Champions. How are you? Uh, Arch will probably start over Ewers next year. <laughs> That's not how Sark rolls. If Quinn Ewers is back, it's Quinn Ewers' job. Quinn Ewers is a stud. He's a veteran. He can lead your football program. That's not Arch Manning yet. Uh, Jim Choi, I got LA Fitness Lifetime Membership at $50 a year. Best deal I ever made. That's phenomenal, dude. Way to go. Uh, Mike Smith, Wilson Pang is the way. Wilson Pang. I don't know what I missed there. Yeah, what, what do we... You know. Uh, Stallions gave Giddy the wrong signs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I love the avatar. Uh, Monty is the way. W-H-E-Y. That's right. Appreciate you. Boyd Lake, wow, nice quote. You're welcome. It's true. It's true. All the magic that you're looking for. When I was sales training people and I was helping people sell, I used to tell people that all the time. Everything you want is hiding behind all that hard shit you're scared of. So just do the work. Y'all feel me? Right? All the money you want to make, all the dreams, the rounds of golf, all that stuff, it's behind the hard stuff. You have to go do the hard stuff and the good stuff will get there. Uh, Mike Smith, I got LA Fitness membership years ago. Never panned out since I was living in West Virginia. Mountain Mama doesn't have uh, LA Fitness. I would agree. I'm going to steal that quote, Boyd Lake says. You should. You absolutely should. OG Gary, with Utah being the new team to beat and probably the statistical best chance to make the college football playoff. That's bullshit. I think... <laughs> Such a good quote. That's Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Herb Street. I'll play it again in a minute. I think we get more commits and transfers. Let's see. Hoping for the best. I think I think Wits in the portal. Or at least I've been told Wits in the yeah, portal. I want to clarify. He's not in the portal to another program. He's looking oh! for players, okay? Um, Robert Road. You're right, Monty. I'm going to grab another beer. Exactly right. Yeah, Stop lying to yourself because all you're doing is eroding your relationship with yourself. That's right. Um, let's see. Gumby, fresh out says he 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 uh okay uh jacob who do you think wins boise state or unlv i just think unlv is playing at such a high level right now and you know i think barry odom has that team just the thing that i i have been struck by and i've only seen two unlv games this year the thing that i've been struck by is the attention to detail that goes into the the construction of their offense the, the attention to detail is wild to me that you're getting that level. And that's why UNLV is winning. Because I, I don't think any of us have, and maybe some of us do, I don't know. I don't think any of us have delusions of grandeur that the Mountain West is great football. But when you are when you are winning the way that, that they win, and I think the hard part is you lost to San Jose State. You overlook San Jose State. Facts. That's something that can't do that. You, that should worry you can't a little. Now, do that. they're very good. San Jose State, I, I think, is what second in the conference, but that's a little surprising. You, but you look at even the the way that they lost to Fresno State, and you look at the numbers out of that game, and you just start to understand that that was a really close game. That was a really really close game, and I think it was one of those games that we we had the opportunity to learn about UNLV and you look at how how much their offense was just better than Fresno State 
and you just got outplayed defensively. And it, it's wild to me that UNLV turned it around this quick because they pay attention to details. That that's the bottom line. And I think that's why Odom's gonna get a gonna get a gig. He's gonna get a he's gonna get a gig. But let's also not forget that Boise's not some just pushover who sucks because they don't. And it's crazy with all their facilities and all of the money that they have invested, I would probably have made a coaching change as well. I probably would have made a coaching change mm-hmm. because you can't, you can't, you just can't have, yeah, anyway, you can't have the issues that Boise's have, but here, no, there, I think, I think that's going to be a really, I think it's going to be one of the better conference championship games. I think it, it truly will. Um, but I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what you do. How, what do you do with the the head coaching job at Boise state? It's gotta be someone who understands direction. I'm telling you, it's not just good enough to go out and, you know, it, it's kind of the, the thing with BYU, right? Like it's not just good enough to like go out and win. You need to do it a certain way, you know, like, so yeah. Boise state, uh, you know, you, you, you're in a place where, yeah, you do have the facility upgrades, but you need to go out and, and win soonish to start backfilling that debt load that you have because of the facility upgrades. But you understand and, that Boise hasn't, I want to say that Boise State has not had a losing season. Yeah, but that, since they're the 19, definition of mediocrity, dude. I think they haven't had a losing season since 1995. And they were 500 when they fired Avalos. Yeah, because again, you're, you, you, you are... <clears throat> that's great. You haven't had a losing season for however many years that is, right? But at the same time, you you have to. It's not good enough just to be, you know, as an example, you know, six and five, you know, seven and six, yeah. one game over five hundred. Nobody nobody wins doing that. I mean, yeah, sure, you go to a bowl game. Okay, cool, great. But you're not, you know, you're not going to. And again, I know it's group of five, but like you're not threatening a, a a new Year's six bowl you're not threatening anything crazy and that's what i think boise state as a brand is capable of doing that like tulane is less capable of doing that than boise state is from a brand perspective if if someone on the east coast you know was like wow boise state's really making noise they got the blue field nice facilities like yeah. they got some stuff there they can do some things Nobody, Tulane's not nearly as relatable as a Boise State. And that's my point with Boise State is whoever you hire needs to understand that vision but, and needs to be able to take but that. Boise thing. State is also not. Yeah. Anyway, I think Boise State has a talent problem. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Jim Choi, the UNLV freshman quarterback, could make a whole lot of money in the portal. Yeah, but I, I, are you really, if you're. If you're at UNLV, I don't think that you're in high demand, not with the volume of quarterbacks that are in the in the portal now. I mean, I don't think he could probably make a whole lot of money, but that's just my opinion. Opinion. Um, Jade Mayaba is who we're talking about, by the way. I, I mm-hmm. don't. I just don't think that you're going to make. He. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. And I'd also remind you, I believe he's from Las Vegas, so I don't think he's looking to go banging around. Uh, Big Blue Horses, NASCAR signs $7 billion rights deal and adds Amazon as a streaming partner, correct? 
Correct. They're spreading their wealth a little bit, which I think they need to because NBC's terrible at NASCAR. garbage, dude. Terrible. I mean, it's all it's pretty much unlistenable. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith, only if played by Alien Ant Farm. Like, what are you talking about, Mike, dude? Stick with me, dude. Uh, Cougar tracks. Sean Lewis taking the head coaching job at San Diego State after Prime took his play calling duties away from him. One point seven million a year for five years. I, I don't. I think people are reading far too much into this. I think you're reading far too much into this. I don't think that Sean Lewis was, was, you know, somebody said yesterday that he, he was damaged goods. He wasn't damaged goods. They, 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 when you have Pat Shermer on your staff, he's probably the more qualified play caller. Like, I, I don't think uh, prime is such a divisive figure. It's crazy. Uh, OG Gary, Brian Kelly needs to be in the portal as well. We're losing key players. Brian Kelly is a tough guy, dude. I am just telling you, Brian Kelly is not easy to deal with. I, as a Notre Dame fan, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Mike Smith, prime churning that coaching roster that made him look bad in the second part of the season, as he should. They, they need talent in the trenches, which they are clearly chasing. Uh, Jim Choi, Mayaba getting, you know, he's not, he's not getting in the, he's not going to get in the portal, man. Why would he leave home after the best football season you want he's probably ever had, especially if they win a conference championship? Why would he do that? That that's not, doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Uh, Maria Diaz, if Boise state gets a big time coach, they can be a threat. Oh, no doubt about it. hundred percent. No, Boise state. Boise State has got to get more talent. Like, and you you have a very young quarterback. He's not a. I, I, that's you have teams that win, and they have quarterbacks, and you have guys at Boise. State, you have this a, a cat at Boise State who routinely doesn't break a hundred yards passing. I think this past weekend didn't he throw for like two hundred yards? It was the first time in like seven weeks he had broken a hundred yards passing. You've got to get more talent. You've absolutely got to get more talent. Uh, Shoddy, what's up? Prime son got a fractured back now. Yeah, Shador Sanders has a, a fracture in his back. They don't have an offensive line. And great wide receivers, one. great running backs, great quarterback, no offensive line. And you've got to, you, and there are offensive linemen for days in the transfer portal. I was looking earlier today. And if you guys don't know, you can go to 247 Sports. If you just search 247 uh, Transfer Portal, it'll pop right up for you. Um, you look at the the talent that is in the transfer portal. It, it is pretty. I mean, you have you have a ton of tackles. Yeah, I mean, you have all kinds of offensive linemen in the in the portal. You just need more quality there. You, you, I mean, you were unable to run the football this past season, and. You know, I love Shador. I love the skill set. Love what he's able to do. But, but he's only one guy, and and if he's going to be constantly running for his life, that's not good offense. You got to be able to run the football. You need to be able to allow him to run play action, work off the run a little bit, and then if he needs to use his legs, that's fine. But you can't have him taking hit after hit and throwing the ball forty five times, and that's just not going to work. Yeah, you have a lot of offensive linemen in the portal. Um, I mean, Corral from Notre Dame is in the portal, and he's a loss. That's a guard. That's an interior guy that you're not going to replace him. He, that's a very difficult one. Uh, obviously, Keyshawn Blackstock from Michigan State went to Arkansas. That's a huge name. 
Uh, but if you if you need if you want to upgrade your tackles, you want to you want to put tackles. Um, there is there is no doubt in my mind that when you look at um, you look at the names that are in there, uh, Gerquan Scott uh, from Southern Miss. I think obviously he's a big one. Marcus Hicks from Oklahoma is in the portal. Like there's there's guys that can play, and there's guys uh, you know tackle level guys in the portal who can play. I'm surprised the number of edge rushers that are in the portal and good ones like Jafari Harvey from Miami. Shocking that he's not going to stay there. He he's a four star edge rusher. I don't know what's going on at Miami. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'll continue to say it. Something's wrong at Miami because a bunch of their quality guys are in the portal. Um, and that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Treshawn Ward, phenomenal running back in the portal. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense that, you know, like you have so much quality. And a lot of it is the troubled programs. Like, again, Jordan Simmons from Michigan State. Mm. You're going to see a bunch of Michigan State dudes. Chris Tyree, who's a flex. He's a running back wide receiver from Notre Dame in the portal. That's a guy that takes the top off of defenses. If you want to get better, you can get better. Lopes Van Gabe says, like button casuals. Yeah, where are we? We're at uh, 3,500 views and only 100 likes. Come on, let's go. Hit the like button. That really helps the channel grow. Uh, we appreciate you guys doing that. A um, lot of college football to get to today. I also want to get into this ratings thing because I'm curious. As you guys are hitting the like button, are you team ESPN or are you team Fox? Because I think this, this argument over ratings is very interesting. And I will say again what I have been saying forever. Wolves do not concern themselves with the sheep. They feed off of the sheep. They do not worry or lose sleep over sheep. ESPN trying to convince America they had a larger audience for college game day than Fox had for big noon kickoff, is the Wolves worrying about the sheep? Why does ESPN care? You're talking about Fox Sports, who nobody thinks about unless it's a game and unless it's the NFL. Big noon kickoff really is not that much of, of an impact. Your college game day, your ESPN, you're at the game of the week. Be the behemoth you already are. Oh, you guys are at the same game at Michigan, Ohio State. Nobody cares because you're ESPN. So why is the wolf worrying about the sheep? That's the question I would ask the folks in, in Briscoe, in Briscoe, Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN. Why are you worried about Fox Sports? They're just not a factor. Not on the radio, not on FS1, not on Big Noon Kickoff. They're a factor when the game starts and you're going to draw 20 million people watching Michigan and Ohio State. That's when Fox is an issue. But you just landed the SEC package, Mr. Wolf. So who cares about the sheep? You were never in on the Big Ten. So who cares about the sheep? Let them have their game of the week. The biggest ratings are probably going to be what? Once a season when you get a huge game. Other than that, the bigger games in the Big Ten are not even going to be on Fox. They're probably going to be on Big Ten Saturday night on NBC. So why, ESPN, are you the wolf worried about the sheep? I, I, I simply don't understand it. I think that ESPN, you know, really has this thing about dominating the market in every way they possibly can. And I think that, you know, this Pat McAfee situation really brought ESPN's yeah. attention to game day. And and I think they really want game day to thrive. And I think they want, they, they, they felt like Pat McAfee would put him over the edge and allow him to dominate uh, not only 
uh, on game day, but in all the other areas. And I think that, you know, honestly, I think Pat's done a good job the last couple of weeks of staying out of the news. You know, obviously he had, you know, some drama around it, but I think he's done a good a job lot. kind of flying under the radar here a little bit. So, so to me, ESPN just is kind of fixated. It's probably strong, but you don't sign a guy to the kind of deal that Pat has unless you want game day to be like dominant in the space. And so the idea that they're going to put this graphic out right here that says they had 2.4 million total views and 3.2 million views in the final hour is, is really interesting. You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, who you're trying to convince or sell. You know, I don't know what you're, you're trying to do. And I think it's funny if, even if you compare the graphics, ESPN's graphic is better in my opinion. Like, I'm not a Fox guy. The idea that they had 2.3 million views is not surprising for Ohio State and Michigan. People aren't watching Big Noon Kickoff because they like Brady Quinn sitting on the set. I'm not watching ESPN for any of the personalities. I'm watching for the conversation. So, yeah, did Fox beat you once? Sure. But I feel pretty good about saying that shows, and I'm not even a Stephen A. Smith first take guy. First take kicks the hell out of anything Fox has in that space every single day of the month. And I so, don't ever watch it. I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I hate the talking head shows. I'll watch Get Up on ESPN. I am not watching whatever. I have not physically turned on FS1, and I don't know. I think the last time I turned it on was in the, in the Major League Baseball season. Mm -hmm. The Cubs were on, I want to say, FS1 at one point this year, and that's when I watched it last. I don't. I, the only thing I watch routinely on Fox is NASCAR and the NFL. That's it. I watch everything on ESPN. I watch in the ESPN app. I was watching, we were watching the, the Michigan game, um, on, on YouTube TV. Like I'm trying to think of something that I have, that I have watched on Fox recently. Well, you had to, obviously you had to watch Michigan on, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Right. I, I but if you look at FS1 or uh, I can't tell you uh, I don't recall. I don't recall. I mean, it's really and, only it's the NFL and college football and occasionally major league baseball. But Fox doesn't have, you know, like Fox doesn't have NHL. They don't have I MLB think, I or think they don't the have thing, uh, NBA. The thing that Fox has is Joel Klatt. I like Joel Klatt a lot. I think he's smart. I think he, he lost makes good my points. respect during this Michigan thing. He, he has roundly defended Michigan, I think, a lot. But he's a really good analyst. I can't stand Gus Johnson calling football games. And I know I'm the only one in America who doesn't like Gus. And, okay, I guess that makes me whatever. I don't like Gus Johnson calling games. It, it's too over the top. It's too, you know, you know, there's a one-yard gain and he's losing his vocal cords over it. Like, just call the game. And watching the Michigan-Ohio State game, he's so clearly a Detroit guy and so clearly a Michigan fan. Like, it makes it unwatchable. And I look at ESPN and, I, uh, you know, I look at Fowler or Buck and Aikman or, who, I mean, whoever the talent is. Curb Street. Kirk Herb Street. Like, I look at Kirk Herb Street. You want, uh, this bite that we've been playing with all day. This is not even on ESPN. Um, this is on what's the pardon name of the my show? take podcast. Pa the pardon my take podcast. Here's ESPN's lead college football analyst talking about the college football playoff committee's job. So as a guy who calls these games, I don't want to do the right thing. If you talk to Bill Hancock, and we had lots of meetings about this, they're not supposed to do the right thing. 
they're supposed to, their job is to put the best four teams in the playoff. Now, again, it's subjective. Who you think and I think are the best four are different, and that's fine. But that's what that group is supposed to do. Not what do we think about ratings? That's that's bullshit. Put the fucking best four teams in the game. I love that. How do you not love that? That's an ESPN guy. I love, again, I'm a Pat McAfee guy. I think Pat McAfee is currently the face of sports talk in this country. I, I, I'm a Pat McAfee guy listening to, listening to Pat McAfee and JJ Watt talk about pronouncing macaque monkeys and spelling that name today was hysterical to me. I thought that was funny, but I flip on Jim Rome today. And what do I get from Jim Rome talking about his staff to lead the show? Like, what are we doing? ESPN has the best talent. They have the best games, whether it's the NBA and I don't care. I don't want to hear like this Josh Giddy, Malika Andrews nonsense is crazy to me, but they have the best talent, the best games. Now they're the home of the SEC. It's on ESPN. I love Scott Van Pelt. I like Chris Fowler a lot. I like Herbie a little bit more now than I ever have. It's ESPN. And again, not to belabor the point, I don't understand why ESPN is at all concerned about what Fox is doing. Because they have an investment. Fox beat them in yeah. in the place where they're spending $50 million plus a year on Pat. And and to me, I I, I don't know how you improve that per se, because uh, I'm a big proponent of the idea that Fox does a really good job, you know, building up football games to make them feel bigger, like, you know, whether whether it used to be the Joe Buck, Troy mm-hmm. Aikman experience on Fox yeah. with the Cowboys or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and I'm not even a Gus Johnson uh, guy, but I do think that he does a good job of of trying to build the game as much as he can. And I, and I think that's one thing that's lacking on on Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and in Troy Aikman. They, there's not a uh, the it's very sort of. It's very polished, very professional. They do a great job. I'm not yeah. even complaining, but I, I think the style is just so different. So sometimes in certain situations, ESPN can be beat because Fox has the big boisterous kind of feel, whereas ESPN is much right. more like, hey, right, clean right. cut. You know, right. we're not doing anything nuts. You know, but we're going to be really consistent. And then every once in a while, we'll have a drop in the right. pan with a Pat McAfee style talent. It so, feels, Fox feels like college TV and radio to me. Yes, yes, yes. And and, and that's why Skip and uh, that's why Skip and that whole dumpster fire of a show doesn't get ratings and First Take does. That's why, you know, to me. But do you even watch First Take? I don't watch First Take. And that's why ESPN signed Pat because they know that first take doesn't draw a big enough number in that slot, and they needed another. And that's what surprises me about Fox's strategy. They didn't go out and do that. Not that Pat probably would have signed with Fox, but I'm just saying, when you think about, hey, who's got the, who's always trying to innovate, right? Who's always trying to push the envelope right. and do things? Yes. I don't think that's Fox. I think that's ESPN. NBC, dude, I was a huge fan of the NBC RSN setup. I love the feel of it especially on baseball, thought they did a great job. But NBC on NASCAR, MB, like I wasn't alive long and long enough to appreciate NBA on NBC. Like that wasn't, I, that wasn't my thing. It, it, anybody watching this show, the game has changed for all of us in TV. If you're not on your phone, I mean, the, 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 the fact that we do millions of views on YouTube 
60% of this viewership is on a cell phone. That's wild. And there's now like 30% of you who watch on TVs. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that the game has just changed. And I do not personally believe that Fox is in the game. They need to innovate. They need, their talent is just not good enough. I, I, I can watch Orlovsky. I can watch Ryan Clark. Like but perfect example. Again, in on that graphic that Fox put out, I'm not interested in Brady Quinn. I got to be honest with you. I'm not interested. No, in, he doesn't move the needle. And in, 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 in Charles Woodson, you know, being being on that set, I don't give a damn about Charles Woodson's opinion because it's so biased on Michigan. And I, I look, I like, I I get it, man. I I get it. Ingram, Brady Quinn, you know, like I I get it. Pervin Liar, I get it. Um, Charles Woodson, Hall of Famer, one of the best players in the history of Michigan. I totally get it. Matt Leinert, I think Matt's a good analyst. He's, but he's not like, who's the Pat McAfee there? Nobody. Who's the Chris Fowler there? Who's the, there's not. That's in the, the talent difference on these two sets, even old man Corso, who's done after this year. Like I look at Desmond Howard, at least Desmond Howard will, 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 say something controversial about Michigan being innocent. Mm -hmm. I, I I think it was a stupid day, but, but I can at, at least at, appreciate look it. Look at how uniform, like, I just want to point this out. Even in the, there's a clear difference, even on the sets. Look at how simple and clean the background is on game day versus Fox. Like, you see all this stuff in the background on Fox's set, all these tents and all this nonsense in the back. And you notice how all the people sitting on the set are wearing different things. Some are wearing blue undershirts. Some have tan on. Yeah. Some have black. Look at these guys. All black, clean background. We're good to go. Like, that's what I'm talking about. And I know that it's a little thing. But I'm telling you, it's the little things that over the course of time matter. So, yeah, does a yeah. squirrel find a nut in the forest? Yeah, Fox did. But ESPN is going to routinely and regularly kick the hell out of you because they're just better. So when you look at these ratings... How many SEC teams are on this list right here? Not a lot. I got to tell you, CBS with Alabama and Auburn, um, Georgia, Georgia Tech, you know, obviously. But you look at, you look, Fox has got, has got one, two, you know, three of the top 10 games, right? So again, they have big games. But if I look at ESPN and ABC, you know, what are you, third there with Georgia, Georgia Tech, fourth with Florida, Florida State. Um, you know, and then you got to go all the way down to Texas Tech, Texas. Um, I, Fox has big games. There's no, and with the expansion into the Big Ten, they they will continue to. And I still don't know that I'll watch Big Noon kickoff. And I think the other challenge for I don't know Fox, that I will, dude. The other challenge, not challenge, dynamic challenge for Fox, dynamic for ESPN is that ESPN seemingly has a live sporting event every day. There's yeah. always some sort Not of... Not seemingly, they do. Like, it's always... Even if it's just a no-nonsense, like, no idea who's playing college basketball game or whatever. They've always got something going on. Yeah. And Fox doesn't. ESPN's always relevant for that exact reason. It is what it is. Scott of Greywater Watch. I'm a Gilbert Arenas guy. He certainly says interesting things. No doubt about that. Johnny Gonzalez McAfee is rubbing off on other ESPN hosts. Well, that's a felony. So I'm sure ESPN HR will Honestly, step in. Honestly, that's guys. Yeah, I mean, I won't. I wouldn't think that that would continue. Jim Choi, ESPN heads had Thamel up in the booth for his safety. Thamel didn't make that call. So Pete Thamel usually does a report from the crowd. 
<clears throat> but he was getting death threats from Michigan fans because, well, Michigan fans are a <laughs> Michigan fan. And so he was, he was not in the crowd at Michigan. So, uh, Joseph Harper, Herbie doing good on Thursday night football as well. It's he's much better. Cause it was a rough start. No doubt about that. Uh, Gumby fresh out says Fox is the kids table of college football. I think pregame shows it is. No doubt. Only person I like on Fox is Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb's got his moments. He's great on college basketball. Great. I've not heard Doug Gottlieb do a sports talk show in a long time. Long time. Long time. Samantha Fox used to be a hottie. She did. I would agree with that. No doubt about it. Uh, OG Gary. Broke back Sanders. Because broke back the final got a broken back. Back is broken. Yeah, it is. I broke my back. Uh Dakota Tubbs. Herbie is more digestible when he isn't shilling for thee. I would agree. That's I, bullshit. Yeah, no, it's not, Herbie. I would agree that when he's not on thee, uh, it's better. Uh Jim Choi, I just watch good sports no matter what the channel it's on. I would agree with that, but I don't watch pregame shows on I don't even like the 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 NFL on Fox pregame show. I, I am a, I'm an NFL primetime guy. I'm an NFL. I don't even know what the ESPN NFL N countdown, NFL countdown. Thank you. Truth. Jeff Woodworth. Uh, I like Apple TV sports. They got like a star Trek feel to it. So does prime Amazon prime sports has gotten a lot better. Uh, I would, I would, I would think, you know, uh, boss frog. I sure do miss Madden and summer. All uh. those Dude, I, you know who I miss calling the NBA? Dick Stockton. You don't even know who that is. Dick Stockton was an NBA legend on CBS. Absolutely. I miss Dick Stockton. Um, Gumby Fresh Out. I miss Keith Jackson. Those were the days. Uh, let's see. Jeff Woodworth. I miss the boom goes the dynamite guy. Who is that? Uh, Scott of Greywater. The Ringer podcasts are great. They have some good ones. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, the funny thing is a lot of people who've left ESPN have landed quite comfortably on their feet, <clears throat> quite comfortably. And I don't think there's any doubt. Bill Simmons is one of those guys. Dan Lebetard probably mm -hmm. overplayed his hand. Colin Cowherd. Better yeah. off or worse on, on Fox? Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't listen. That's the problem. I think you got to go hunting. You, you, you know, I, I think Cal Hurd has put his listener in a position where there's too much. So it's not bad for your show when every once in a while, and when I say every once in a while, once a quarter, you know, you have the, hey, five years ago you said this, and now you're saying that today dynamic happened. Cal Hurd has that done once a week at least, and yeah. it's hurting his credibility. And the real problem is, and, and again, I'm not sitting here saying Jim Rome's the best because he's not. He pissed me off today. It's very frustrating to open your show talking about some, you know, jag in the back running your board. Like, I don't care about him. Like, but the thing is with Cowherd, I don't trust what you're saying because I I feel like, hey, I agree with it's that. just some writer in the back giving you takes. At least with Jim, if he's going to be garbage, at least it's his own thought. And and that's what I think is interesting about ESPN, like this Herb Street fight. I agree. Herb Street obviously would never say this on ESPN the way he said it here, but even just that thought, he would never say that on ESPN. And totally I think that's agree. what's interesting about ESPN is that, you know, Pat's brought this dynamic where slowly but surely it's becoming more acceptable at ESPN to kind of toe that line a little bit and to kind of push a little bit. And Herb but Street, I think cursing 
we've talked about the, I tend to use some more aggressive language at times. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've talked about it on this show that, that I think, I think it's the norm now. I don't, I don't, cause I think it's how people talk. I, I, honestly, if you meet me on the street, I'm probably going to drop a, an F-bomb on you. This shit's going good. Right? Like, I, I'm just, you know, I'm somebody that I I tend to curse. And I understand that there are some people that are uncomfortable with that. And it's why you're not just going to see me dropping F-bombs on randos. Mm -hmm. But if we're sitting around, you know, having dinner and talking about something, I'm probably going, that's the way I talk. Fucking A. That's the way I talk. It, Certainly. And I think when you watch Pat's show, I think when you watch other shit, like I heard it on NFL, um, NFL primetime or whatever it was the other day, um, Marcus Spears cursely dropped an S bomb and it, I think it's becoming part of the normal lexicon now. And I, I think on cable, it's always been that way. We're a little desensitized to it because I think of the way that satellite radio works. And I think of the way that uh, we watch our sports talk shows on YouTube now. and Well, I think it's the whole reason Howard Stern took off when he went to Sirius. I would totally agree with that. Like it, it frees you. It yeah. allows you to to normalize the product, and, and it allows you to go from being this, this, like, you know, hey, super polished, we're better than you feeling show to... But this, it, used to, it used to be a thing where people would say, well, you sound stupid, you're uneducated. Mm -hmm. No, that's actually not the case. Mm -hmm. It's never been the case. And I'm not telling you that every other word should be a, a, a curse word, but in the normal flow of conversation, I think it happens. I think it happens. And trust me, we roll in a community where it's not the norm. Well, sorry if that upsets you. I When I hit a bad golf shot, I'm going to drop an F-bomb. That's bullshit. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to drop an F-bomb. That's the way it is. <laughs> Boss Frog. I like Kevin Harlan calling games. Jackson is OG. Love that guy. Absolutely. NBA on TNT or or NBA on ESPN? Because I think that's close. I don't I think I think the TNT crew does an outstanding job. I'm not a big fan of ESPN. I don't I'm not a Malika Andrews fan. Why? She's very pretentious. Mm -hmm. And I, I I don't know. I, I I'm just she just does not hit my ears well. And I love guys like JJ Reddick, but I miss Jalen Rose. I miss I miss like Kendrick Perkins is I've never been a Kendrick Perkins fan. Mm -mm. I am not that much of a Richard Jefferson fan in small doses. I miss Mark Jackson. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I I am not a man, he made his own bed. And again, let me go ahead and and be the only a-hole in the room. I'm not a Doris Burke fan. Really? I can I'm, as a color analyst, yes. Right. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. The yeah. overexposure that she gets at times makes it hard for me to watch. I don't like the Yeah. I think Doris, they definitely overexpose Doris. They use her too much and I think it dilutes her it dilutes it, it dilutes her ability. It's what I say about Holly Rowe for jazz fans. You know, you put Holly Rowe on the college a sideline of a college football game or an NBA game and you ask her to do reports, outstanding. You put her on the broadcast, garbage. I, I don't need her. I don't need her take on the game. I need her asking three questions and getting me a good sideline report and giving me information behind the scenes, and then you're gone. And that's not a bad thing. And I think we need to we need to get this out there too. A lot of people take it 
in the wrong way when someone says, hey, you're not you're not a full-time broadcast talent. That's not what you do. Right. Right? Just the same way we don't want Kevin Harlan giving us sideline reports. We don't want Holly Rowe-esque, you know, talent doing broadcast play-by-play. And that's not a bad thing. I I, I think that the the art of the sideline report is being lost. I think there are I a would few, agree with that. You know, I think the Michelle Tafoya's or you know, obviously Aaron Andrews. But look at like, somebody like Monica McNutt on ESPN. I have no idea what your credentials are. And I I don't like Mike Greenberg. Is Mike Greenberg an NBA guy? I view him as an NFL guy. So sometimes it's uncomfortable for me. Like I just think right now ESPN is in a weird spot where I want Mike Breen doing play-by-play and I want Doris Burke as a color analyst. And I, I really want more of JJ Redick and less of Kendrick Perkins. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting the exact opposite. And it's very difficult for me to watch. It's funny. You say you think Greeny's an NFL guy. Cause I think Greeny is just a Swiss army knife who they use as much as possible. Cause he's good at what he does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, Boyd Lake, this is a very interesting question. Do you care if they make stuff up? Yes. I can't re- I can't remember the, the gal's name. The sideline reporter. Carissa said, Thompson. Yeah, Carissa Thompson. Carissa Thompson. Said that she made up coaches' reports because sometimes she couldn't get the coach to talk to her. She should be fired. How is Carissa Thompson not fired yet? Right? Like that, that makes me crazy. And it, yeah, and Gumby, yes, Doris Day is greater than Doris Burke. I don't disagree with that. Mike Phillips, Doris Burke is the best. I'm not saying that Doris Burke is bad. There's an expo. It's like the utility player. Hey, man, look at Scott Spezio. Boy, that's a name from the past. Stud. Hey, look at this bench player. He came in. Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. He he had 35 points. Better put him in the starting lineup. Well, he went two for 27 in the first quarter. Well, because he's a bench player. He's not a starter. My bad. Doris Burke's a color analyst on NBA broadcast. Put her in an interview spot. Hey, Doris, what do you think about uh, Andrew Wiggins being fat and out of shape for Golden State? Okay, one time, maybe if she's doing a game, I can get down with that. When I want hardcore NBA analysis, I want J.J. Reddick because he played the game and he makes good points. He's the Dan Orlovsky of the NBA for ESPN. Kendrick Perkins is just not my flavor. That I, I, he, he is a guy who is just a goof. That's the issue there. He's not somebody that you listen to him and you say, man, he knows what he's talking about. I don't. I want Jeff Van Gundy. I want Mike Breen. On a game, I want Doris Burke. In the studio, I want J.J. Redick. That's what like, that's what I want. Yeah, it bothers me that the Van Gundys are no longer part of it. That, that's I think what I want. a lot of value. Well, you, I, I think is Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gundy has to still, is Jeff Van, where's Jeff Van Gundy? Did he get whacked? Yeah, I thought they let him go. I don't know. I could Maybe I have that wrong. I thought they'd let him go. Yeah. I I, I, I probably am not watching. I, I, there you go. There you go. I'm, I am clearly not watching enough. But I think it is very difficult for me to watch games where I don't like the talent. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's, it's very difficult. For but me. it's the same concept as Pat McAfee on the field with his boys when they first added him. That annoyed the hell out of me. I'm not interested yeah. in Pat McAfee play-by-play, dude. I get enough of it during the day. And that's what I think ESPN is struggling with right now. You need, and this is, I guess, truly the difference between Fox and ESPN. 
Fox is out here like, oh, man, big noon kickoff. We're the best. Amazing. Cool, dude. Cool. Great. You had your day. Yeah. Awesome. Problem. The difference is ESPN is like, dude, we dominate pretty much every space. And yet we're still struggling to get viewership on NBA uh, today at 11 o'clock in the morning because nobody wants to watch that show. And I never thought I, I would say this, but Rachel Nichols is the person that I miss on NBA today. I think Rachel Nichols did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Now she turned out to be kind of a dirtbag, so... They did what they had to do. But Rachel Nichols is somebody that I thought did a really good job on the NBA. She clearly had relationships with players. She had information, like... But I, I just... I struggle with this new wave of talent that is coming through because I don't find them credible and... And they're not polished. Yeah. Uh... Gumby fresh out Mick who yeah Monica McNutt and I'm sure she is she I'm not saying she's not talented I just don't know why What's I'm the, listening who to was you. The, the girl's name who went to NBC Joy Taylor no no uh, no 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 the other girl uh I'll, I'll get Maria it. Taylor Maria Taylor that's the person I need I loved Maria Taylor's work and still do I think she's a phenomenal talent but you never see her anymore no she you don't you don't because she's doing a pregame show that's she why is. and it's it is one of those things where yeah she is she's doing sunday night football and i actually think she's on maternity leave i could be wrong but it's just a bummer to me that maria taylor like all their best talents gone maria taylor maria Rachel taylor, Nichols. Dude, maria taylor is malik andrews on steroids maria taylor speaks better than you knows the game more than you yeah. understands how to, this is what i say about greenie the reason I love Greeny is not because I grew up on on Mike and Mike on the radio. I love Greeny now because he knows how to push the flow of the show. He yeah. knows how to reel it in, when when to let him loose. Like that's what ESPN is missing. It's the secret ingredient 100%. That, that that ESPN doesn't have enough of. It's why NBA countdown sucks. It's why NBA Today sucks. It's why like first take sucks because you have Molly running that thing, and she's not a strong enough personality between Stephen A. and and I guess Shannon now. Like it, it, you need somebody who drives the car and then let the passenger do the talking. That's what you need in ESPN. And frankly, the sporting landscape or sports broadcasting landscape doesn't have enough of those people. And I think that's what the struggle is. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it is a. It's a real. It's a real problem. And but don't even get me started on how how much the the we were listening to radio in Dallas the other day because we were we were listening to the we were listening for Jerry Jones. And my God, can I just say it for the thousandth time in the last year? <gasps> how how much is radio suffering right now? Even ESPN radio is not good in my opinion. We knew Jerry Jones was going to be on this particular show, and it was like 30 minutes ahead. We were waiting 30 minutes, and it was insufferable. It was terrible. Uh, UW fan, Jim, you guys hate women. Oh, stop. Stop. That's not the truth at all. Uh, looks like Ohio State is America's team. Yeah, they get be America's right? team. Carissa Thompson was the best professional, LOL. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Uh, Monty owes a ribeye. Uh, has Sarah Todd and Jake worked out their differences? Well, you guys are dating now, aren't you? No. No. I don't think there's anything to work out. I could be wrong. Uh, Monica McNutt is hot. You disagree. You have mental issues. I, I didn't say. I, this I don't isn't care about what your people. Yeah, I don't care what people look like. There, and we as men do this. 
I'd hit that. Well, okay, I'm Man. sure you would. I need you to talk about the NBA. Well, we're not talking about Bedard's mother here, sir. Right. Exactly. Well, Connor Bedard's mom. Uh, Jim Choi, Michelle Tafoya, gangster OG. Yes. She, indeed, she is. Yes. With a name like McNutt, you better be hot. No. <laughs> exactly. No. Boyd Lake, uh, Greeny is well spoken, a wordsmith for sure. I would agree for that. Uh, I would agree with that. Molly is terrible, constantly interrupts the show. Yes. Molly. Yes. I can't remember her last name. She runs First Take. She is uh, the she's the traffic director for stop, First Take. Stop. Uh, Cougar Tracks. Jim Nance, one of the great ones. Absolutely. Yes. Jim Nance on golf, dude. Give it to me. Yep. Uh, he is one of the few guys where I was like, damn, dude. I'm. So I used to produce Jim Rome's TV show. And we were at a Super Bowl or a Final Four or something. And Jim Nance was standing next to me. And I was like, that's Jim Nance. <laughs> he's he's one of those dudes uh sean rollins the whole tournament thing with the nba isn't helping either i don't under i still don't understand okay that. let me say this though <clears throat> i think the nba got done what it wanted to get done there's been much more attention put on the nba because of this meaningless in-season tournament than there would have been typically i would tend to agree with that so i would tend to agree with that i think I, that's interesting. Yeah. I think it is. I think the floor saved the in-season tournament mm -hmm. because when you flip on an NBA game and you see that floor, you know what it is. Now, I don't know how it works and I don't know what you, like I, I know how it works, but I, it doesn't matter because it's garbage. It doesn't matter. Uh, boss fraud, Jim Nance. How was he overlooked? What do you mean? How was he overlooked? Yeah, how do you mean? Dude? I think, I think, I think CBS I think it's interesting what CBS is. Do CBS not having the SEC is. I will is, miss it. It's criminal. It's criminal. But is there anybody else that you. And you know what? Actually, I shouldn't even say that. Because I think Jim Nance is going to pull back significantly. I think we're, we're a year or two away from not having Jim Nance on the big NFL game. But I mean, I, do you like golf on NBC? Mm. or cbs cbs no nah, i like it on nbc you do yes yes i do and i think that nbc um i think nbc does a very very good job with golf and i think one of the things that is very very interesting is guys like um smiley kaufman and brad faxon are phenomenal at what they do and i think it is it is really interesting that when you look at the way that they handle their their stuff, I think their golf stuff is phenomenal. I think it is really good. And you know what the funny thing is? You don't even pay attention to it. You don't even pay attention to it. And I think when you, I, I think don't know. CBS I'm surprised, is, dude. Why? I'm surprised to hear you say that. I'm not saying NBC does bad on golf, but what I am saying is there's nothing like Jim on CBS calling golf, especially yeah. when it's Tiger for the first time in like two years or whatever, you know, that once in a while, but Hey, I mean, you know, I, I, golf is really interesting. Golf on ESPN is meh. You know, I watch it on ESPN cause they have the early round on ESPN plus. Yep. But they're hardly the best on golf. Yeah. I think that Dan Hicks does a phenomenal job on golf. I'm glad that Paul Azinger's out. But I also think that Nota Begay is the best on course um, 
is one of, is the best on course reporter. Vern. Uh, yeah, but he's retired now. I, I mean, know, obviously I back in the day, but I think you look at, um, you know, you look at people like Dottie Pepper, obviously, like there's some great ones out there, but I think NBC golf is the best. Yes. I'm an obsessive golf fan. I do. Um, let's see. Took ESPN radio out of Alaska and replaced it with Fox. Made me respect ESPN more. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Fifi faux fetus. Okay. Well, you're pregnant. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, Gumby fresh out. I'd hit Monty with a bucked up. Damn right. Damn right. You'd hit Monty with a bucked up. Make sure you guys get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty to save 20% off at checkout. Look how much energy we have, uh, from our buck shots. That's exactly what bucked up energy is about. You look at the buck shots, 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine. Now you'll get caffeine from a lot of different crappy energy shots that are full of sugar and terrible ingredients that make you crash. And that caffeine is, is a chemical causing relax reaction, similar to caffeine, not at bucked up It bucked up. You get 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine with a bunch of brain food, elite ingredients that make an elite product. That's what bucked up's all about. And I was at the gym this morning at five 30 and felt great. Mrs. Monty banging that pre-workout. We did shoulders, a little bit of legs today. Finally, my knee is feeling better. I had a massive thigh cramp. And you want to know about learning a lesson? Um, not taking my electrolytes, my IV from Bucked Up. Uh, they have a product called IV that's electrolytes. You drink it in the morning with like 10 ounces of water. Dude, your cramps go away. I did not bring it with me to Hawaii. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? I had a massive thigh cramp in the middle of the night in Hawaii. Painful. I was quite literally cr crying. It hurt so bad. And it, it it did damage to my thigh. Like, I limped for a day after that. Finally, today, I feel better. Have I missed my IV or my electrolytes? No, no, sir, I have not. <laughs> because when you get off of a quality product like Bucked Up, dude, it hurts you. So get to BuckedUp.com. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkout uh five o'clock hour number three of the monty show presented by prize picks the official daily fantasy partner of the monty show how'd you do last night loot i mean jake <clears throat> don't play intramurals brother how'd you do not well not well at all. What happened? Absolute joke. Oh, CP3, bro. You got to yeah, hit CP3. One, the, it's not even the playoffs yet. We're you like, got to have it. We're like 17 games into the season, and what do I get? Oh, yeah, CP3 uh, got carted off the floor with a torn abdomen. And what do I get? Oh, yeah, uh, that's going to, you know, do what's called rebooting. So now I can't even, you know, get my my win on prize picks. I can only push even. And what do I get? What do I get for all you jack wagons that criticized me yesterday? Oh, you're an idiot for taking Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, he had two turnovers, and I took him for more. So get out of here. The problem was— Get out of here. The problem was uh, I did not do well in the other portions of prize picks. So very frustrating, but we try again. Uh, yeah, boy, Kevin Durant's back tonight, mm -hmm. by the way. I don't know if, uh, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, here's the one I, that I need to ask about. Colin Sexton, 17 and a half points, rebounds, and dimes. What's the graph say? Uh, the graph says you're an idiot. Uh, the graph actually mm. says he's done it three of his last five games. Who's and he playing? He's Memphis, one of the worst teams in the NBA. 
It's risky. It is risky. Zion yeah, versus Philly for 34 and a half. I don't love that. Mm. Uh, Joe What's, versus uh, the Pelicans. Is SGA available in the combo? Uh, no, he's out tonight. They're not playing. Oh, is they're off. They're That's off right. tonight right. because right. my guy Chet Holmgren, the soon to be NBA Rookie of the Year, hooked it up. What's, I could uh, go with Demontis Sabonis against the Clippers. God, dude, Jake is not a fan of Demontis Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing. Nine points, embarrassing. Where's uh, uh, Jokovic? What about Jokovic versus uh, Houston tonight? Jokic. Jokovic. I said. I was combining the two names. Jokic, 49 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Mm. He's done it three of his last five games. You know, obviously he's capable, but I don't know. It's Houston. That's, that's my problem. Jokic is somebody who tends to play up to the competition and chill down. So I don't know that I would take him there. Uh, I'm going to go less. What's what's Joel got? What's Joel got right there? Uh, it's a huge number. It's 49, 49 and, and a half. half same as Jokic. New Orleans. See, that's one that's he's much done it more four reliable. Straight games. Yeah, that's more reliable in my opinion. But you think I do. But go with your gut. What's your gut say? What's your uh, my say? gut says I'm hungry. Well. Um, and it will not let me Fat! look. What? It will not let me what take. Are you clicking on? Oh, I know what I have to do here. My my bad. My bad. Always uh, trying to be the victim, man. Yeah, always trying to be always the trying to be the victim, man. You don't always have to be negative. Uh, yes, I do, Jason Kidd. Uh, I'm gonna flex it. Okay, let me tell you what I got. What I'm doing here. All right. Are you? Are so? Am I in this on my own tonight? Um, I won. I will tell you, I won last night. You guys on Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com. Download the app. Use the promo code Monty. Uh, to get yourself 100% deposit matching. Here's my prize picks from tonight. And I am pretty confident in these numbers. Anthony Davis, 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I went more against Detroit because Detroit's terrible. Uh, the sex machine, the well, hottest mf -er on the planet. You're not even wrong, dude. I mean, the I guy mean, is just... My young assassin, one bounce from the right hand up, and it's good. Wet like a book, right? 39 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Dunk. Do it. Mm -hmm. More. Nikola Jokic. 49 and a half points, rebounds, and assists against Houston. Less. Because he's not going to play a lot of minutes. Mm -hmm. So I went less. Those are my prize picks tonight. Let's get in the members-only chat. Let's play together. Um, I have been pretty hot. I am four of my last five entries on prize picks have been a win. Now, I will be honest with you and say, that, um, oh, wow, Gary Payton, the second torn right calf out Man. indefinitely. Man, Man, Golden State's done, dude. Yeah. With fat Andrew Wiggins, and now he's out. Uh, but I've won four of my last five entries on prize picks. So I'm feeling it. Use the promo code Monty. It's in the description below. Click the link. You put in 10 bucks. They'll give you 10 more. You'll have $20. You guys hit it. I'm telling you, they will. You can play for days on a $20 deposit. You can play for, I'm telling you, weeks. It is, I love it. It is so much fun. Make your entries and uh, hit me up on that. I want to see what you get. Mike, Mike Smith, vitamin B does not taste as good as energy drinks. No, but I take vitamin B every day, mm -hmm. every single day. You know what I'm saying. Uh, Scott of Greywater Watch. Later, guys. Got to catch up on Rosillo. All right. See you later, Scott. Appreciate you. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little NBA hoop on the Monty Show. You guys got to hear this Jason Kidd rant. <laughs> this is one of the best rants. I'm not a big Jason Kidd guy. Uh, I am not a big Dallas Mavericks fan. 
I'm a huge Jason Kidd guy today because Jason Kidd talking to the media today lit my world on fire. Um, I think maybe, Tim, maybe it's the things that you guys thought should have happened day one is that they should be successful right off the bat. Um, and it takes time. Failing is all right. It's not a bad thing to fail um, to, for a pro athlete because you can get better and learn from it. And those two are the best in the world, and we feel very comfortable with those two having the ball. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but we learn from it, and I think they've answered that question um, from day one. Um, as you just mentioned, they're one of the best, if not the best, in clutch time. But that was a big big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year. But you're not making a big deal about it this year because shit's going good, right? So write some positive shit. I just asked you a question. And I'm giving you a fucking answer. <laughs> like, I'm t you guys, you know, there's all right to write positive stuff. People will read your positive shit. <laughs> you don't always have to be negative. Right, like it's it's just the world's already negative enough, right? So let's see some positive stuff on some positive people that are playing, doing their job on a nightly basis. Making it a lot easier to do that this year. Well, we're only into this year. We can't go back to last year, right? Like that's the fucking problem. <laughs> Damn. I'm giving you a fucking answer. How Agreed. do you not love that? I love it. Stay hard. How do you not love that? I appreciate it. I love it. It's it's everything phenomenal. you want, dude. That's absolutely phenomenal. People will read your positive shit. Right? Like, Jason Kidd, he won me over today. Like, and I'm not a huge Jason Kidd guy. He's had some stuff off the floor I don't love, and I love that message. We in the media, and I say we, we in the media tend to be very negative. And we tend to always lean on the negative, and I, I freaking hate it. And I love the fact that Jason Kidd said, "You can't go back." Why do we in the media have to say, "Well, but remember last year"? No, it's you don't not always about. Have to be negative. It's not about last year, dude. I can't go back and change last year. I love it. And you're doing this when the Mavs are playing really well. And you're doing this when there's positive news on the Mavericks. People will read your positive shit. Right, I I love I dudes. Yes, I love this. How do you not? How do you not love this? I, I it's amazing to me. Cause shit's going good. Yep, Katie Raider. Afternoon, everyone. Pew pew. Katie Raider, a member for two months. Let's go, Katie. Let's go. Appreciate you. Um, I love it. Uh, OG Gary, love that. Media needs to get their teeth kicked in and needs to be held accountable. Absolutely. Uh, finisher three times says great soundbite. Amen. Uh, James, uh, Monty, you should have a bucked up bar and stand by if you get hungry, <laughs> dude. I, I love the bucked up, the buck bars bomb are bomb. Absolutely. Uh, the, their protein bars are, are best in the business, dude are phenomenal. And the, the best part is they, they taste really good. Uh, Cougar tracks, all of the energy drinks I've ever had, uh, uh Red Bull, dude, I am not a Red Bull guy. Not if you like Red Bull, Hey, <sighs> knock yourself out. Bucked up by by bucked up Miami, the best energy drink you'll ever have. I love the way it tastes. I love the way it hits. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it. Absolutely a, hit, a huge fan of it. Jeff Woodworth, Andrew Wiggins isn't fatty's big bone. Well, that's bullshit. There He's is fat. that. Um, let's update you guys on this Josh Giddy story. You guys remember this story, Josh Giddy, 
the 21-year-old forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Damn good player. Allegedly. And again, I am here and sitting in front of you telling you I don't believe it to be true. I really, until it's proven, Josh Giddy allegedly had a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl. That's the story that's being spread. The Newport Beach Police, Southern California, one of the most affluent neighborhoods in Southern California, put out a statement today uh, basically begging anybody to come forward. Anyone who may be able to provide additional information on this case is encouraged to contact Detective at. Well, why are they doing that? Because the 15-year-old girl and her family will not cooperate. They're refusing um, to talk to the police. Hmm. Now, I don't know why that is. And, and again, I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, they paid her off. We don't know if that happened. Here's what I know. Josh Giddy is being investigated by a police department for sexual assault with a 15-year-old girl. Why is he still playing basketball? Oh, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, you got to take him off the court. You got to take him off the court. You can't have him playing in your games. That's what I would say. And this right here is all the evidence you need that something happened and Josh Giddy needs to step away to handle personal business. I'm not telling you to suspend Josh Giddy. What I'm telling you is he can't be on your basketball team right now. You want to let him practice and work out? Okay, cool. He can't be on the team. He cannot travel with the team. He cannot play in games. Well, he cannot be that, at home games. Dude, the idea that he is <laughs> suggests that OKC is not concerned. You know, it supports the the thought process that, you know, of what people have been saying that, hey, OKC is good with this. That They're not concerned. They they There's nothing here. You know, this is largely conjecture, you know, speculation, blown out of proportion type stuff. And I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know if he did it. I The problem is nobody knows anything. That's the problem. So if the girl and the family aren't going to talk and OKC is no commenting, then this thing just needs to die. And frankly, it's a difficult thing if you're the Thunder because you don't want to sit him down. He's a key part of your team. You don't want to, but don't you have to? I think you have to at this point. But I don't for, think there's any doubt about it. Here's my thing. I, I, I don't disagree that he should have been sat down. But the problem is I think you're past that now because you've allowed him to play. So we're at a point now where sure. this thing is ongoing and you've just said, yeah, he's going to play and no comment and there's not going to be further comment. And that, and you're just saying, all right, we're just going to play through this thing. And, and I think the hard part, and this is what I was saying about Adam Silver role in this, is that the NBA hasn't done anything here. The NBA hasn't, okay, ooh, the NBA is investigating. Great. Well, who I think if, we're, we're at a point where you got to stop no commenting. There is a 15-year-old girl involved. Allegedly. and No, not allegedly. She's involved. There, there is no doubt about it. When you have the Newport Beach police, you know, issuing a statement about Josh Giddy and a female minor, there's a, there is a, there is a, there's a minor involved. You got to sit him down. You got to sit him down. There's no more, hey, innocent until proven guilty. Hey, this is our guy. Well, he's your guy, but yeah, he's being investigated for an inappropriate relationship with a with a minor child. So it's time to sit him down. And I think that wow. that that is the only thing that you can do because it is not allegedly that that he's involved with this girl. 
Uh, big shout out, Katie Raider, gifted five Monty Show memberships. Let's go. Appreciate you. Thank you, Katie Raider. Uh, where are you guys at on this? Jeff Woodworth says it's no longer lock up your daughters when Motley Crue is in town. Now it's when OKC is in town. I'm struggling. I'll be honest with you. Our members only group is pretty loose. We have a good time in there. I'm struggling with all the people making jokes about Josh Giddy and this girl. I'm struggling with it. I This is something that I think is hideous. I think it's heinous. I think if Josh Giddy did this, he should be in prison, not in practice. I think this is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And I have trouble joking about it. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't think it's, with all due respect to you, Jeff, and everybody else, because everybody's been joking about it. I think what's difficult is that we just don't know anything. And, and, you know, the minimum with this whole situation is, you know, I'm a big believer that if you're going to even come anywhere near this type of line, you know, you're going to, you're going to even fool around with this on any level. You deserve the heat that's coming to you. I'm not saying we should be joking about it, but I am saying he deserves all the criticism that's come his way. If he, whether he did this or not, I agree because the idea that you'd even be in the same conversation as a minor female is incredible to me. I, I, I mean, again, I, I, I look at, I look at this team and what he's around every day, and I feel like he's got good examples. SGA hasn't been in trouble at all. SGA's been the prime example of a professional, you know, improving his game, doing everything you'd want him to do. And yet, what is what is Josh Giddy come in here and do at a minimum? And, and again, I'm not I'm not saying he's guilty of doing this, but what I am saying he's guilty of mm. is being in the middle of a scandal. That's the minimum. You're in the middle of an off the court, you know, scandal you or issue or whatever, you know, whatever adjective you want to use to describe this situation, you're, you, you have off the court issues, man. And, and, you know, in our members only group, all, all of my thunder folks, including James Knight, salty, and you know, all those people we're talking about how giddy looks disinterested on the floor and he looks distracted. He does. And, he does. You know, he's not playing his best ball for obvious reasons. And, and so I don't know. I, you know, I I think if you're the Thunder, the proper thing would have been to suspend him immediately. You know, just right out the gate. Hey, but do you suspend him? I, I don't think you suspend him. I think he's just going to step away from basketball for now. That's what it is. I'd pay him. I don't think you could suspend him. I think you just you put him on the commissioner's list and you pay him. It is what it is. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. You can't have him around. Because if he's eventually found to have done this, you're in real trouble. I, I, It hadn't really crossed my mind what you said about the police report. I do think it's damning that the police report says, hey, there's a minor involved. Yeah. Just on any level. You know, like, hey. Yeah. The alleged relationship between professional basketball player Josh Giddy and a female minor. The Newport Beach Police Department is actively seeking additional information related to these allegations and pursuing all leads and evidence uh, to obtain the facts of the case. They're looking at Josh Giddy for a alleged relationship with a minor. He cannot be around the team. It's not alleged anymore. Right? Like it it's it's a tough situation. I man. think that statement, I'll be honest, I think that statement without explicitly saying it says, hey, something went on here between these two and we just can't prove it. Yeah. But we're well aware of what it is. Uh, Kaufman says, I've lost weight since going to Bucked Up. Well, it, it, absolutely, go, I have. I appreciate that as well. I know it's a battle. I battle with it. Um, 
Mike Smith, Josh Giddy story. And here we are off with the cringe jokes. Seriously, dude. And I wish you guys wouldn't. And I know you will. I wish you wouldn't. Um, team JPC times three. First comment on the show. Don't suck. Taking Giddy under any stat on prize picks if they keep playing him. Well, there is that. You're not wrong. And, and it's, we, we didn't know any of this was going on. And I don't know if this is part and parcel of it. Um, I would tell you Chet Holmgren's a rookie of the year right now. Uh, and a lot of it is because Josh Giddy has been very bad <laughs> at times. And when he has a big game, Chet Holmgren does not. When Chet has a big game, Josh Giddy is not having big games. And now I think some of it is that he's been dealing with this. And that's understandable, I think. When you're being, when you're being, I don't know, was he being blackmailed? This was certainly in his on his radar, right? You know. Katie Rader, I'm new to en uh, energy stuff, Monty, and bucked up is quite good. Make sure your health can take it. Yeah, I think you need to understand wh what what it does and what the particular product is is meant to do. You know, like if you if you're on a pre workout, there are uh, bucked up makes what's called low stim, far less caffeine, or high stim, tons more caffeine. You have to understand how that impacts you. Um, collagen peptides, whey protein, buckshots. Like you need to understand, hey, how how do these things work? What are they supposed to do? And you have to understand that, hey, some products aren't going to be for you. Maybe you're just a high stim guy and not a low stim guy, right? You have to be willing to, you know, to 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 understand that. But Katie Rader, yeah, I think Bucked Up has made a huge, I don't think, I know Bucked Up has made a huge impact on my health. And I, I'm absolutely here for it. Um, let's see. Mike Smith, just hope the whole thing gets sorted out. Really bad situation all the way around. Agree with Monty. Not going to judge people, but the giddy jokes are too cringe for me. It's rough. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, the Todd father also think we shouldn't judge this girl and her family for trying to be private about this. I know it's unusual in today's society, but they are doing the right thing. Her name's out there. <clears throat> and you'll note we have not shared her social accounts or because it's just not, there's no reason for it. But I don't think there's any doubt that at some point, a check's going to be written. A wire transfer is going to be sent. There's no question. And if she's underage, that's the least of what Josh Giddy should be lucky to do. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely totally the least. Totally agree, man. Boyd Lake, why does an NBA player need to go that young for a girlfriend? And that's the biggest question in the whole thing is like, hey, like uh, even the even the whole idea of, hey, he can get anyone who he wants. I, I even put that aside and just say, hey, like, you're an NBA player. Like I, th I think people don't quite understand how hard you got to work to yeah. work yourself into this situation. In addition to being an NBA player, it's wild, dude. NBA players, their routine is rigorous, man. And I'm not just talking about the travel. You're talking about, hey, man, like we're we're at the arena on game night. Like you're playing your game. Typically, what would you say? They're at the facility till eleven midnight. Like maybe yeah, later. you have an NBA like, player's game day. Uh, is usually up by about seven. You're at the arena between nine and 10. You're back at your crib probably by 1230. You're probably going to, at that point, you would have eaten lunch. So you're going to take a, probably a 90 minute nap. Um, and you are going to be back at the arena by about five o'clock. And you're probably home. If you're, if you're at home, 
uh, you're probably home by 11. If you're on the road, you're on an airplane and you're going to your next city. So I, I understand how it happens. It doesn't make it right. It, it doesn't make it right. Uh, James says NBA players need to date women who have their degree. Make sure they're over 21. Seriously. Seriously. It's ridiculous. Uh, Eric uh, says, thanks for the membership. Thank you, guys. Uh, Kaufman Giddy should not be on the team, in my opinion. Not right now, he shouldn't. Not right now. Boss Frog, who's been a member for four months. Go, boss. I'm for real, Boss Frog says. Amen to that. Jeff Woodworth, age of consent should not be the standard. Morality should supersede legality. Yes, it should. To which I say, we have no idea what the hell happened here. And whether he just did this straight up, whether it was blackmail, who the hell knows? But what I do know is anytime you're involved in this, it does not end well for you. The Los Angeles Lakers are not good, <laughs> bro. I don't know if they're just playing poorly, but we're, we have the, the Laker game on in the background and it's the Lakers are not good right now. I mean, they, their offense is dysfunctional. Now my guy, Anthony <coughs> Davis already has 10 combined points, rebounds and assists. So let's go. Right. Only 28 and a half more to go, <laughs> but the Lakers are not good right now. That the, the Lakers are not good. Mike Smith. 16 is the age of consent as more states than not. However, not sure it would apply anywhere. It appears she was 15, even though, yeah, you're 21 and an NBA player. What are you doing? But let's say that, let's say that she was like, let's say that the age of consent thing was proper and, and legally this is fine. Let's, let's say that that's the case. Even then you're, you, you still look like an absolute awful person. You look like a dirtbag. Yeah. Dude. You look terrible. I mean, the idea that you're, you know, what is he, 20? She's a high school kid, bro. And you're out here playing professional basketball, and that's that's what you chose to do? I'm not even here to say, oh, that's the best you could do. I'm not even saying no. that. I'm saying, hey, you chose to mess around with a girl this age. That's on you, bro. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, James, did you guys hear about the Utah State quarterback who's going to stop playing football so he can enter Navy SEAL training? We did. We did. Um, appreciate you bringing that up, James. I want to switch gears real quick because I have been trying to talk about the NFL um, for a week, and we've just not been able to get away um, from all this NBA and all this college football. Uh, all of our NFL talk on the Monty Show presented by Sound Sleep Medical. Soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Make sure you guys go get it done. Listen, we've had so many people that have thanked us because they went in and got the free at-home sleep study at Sound Sleep Medical. And it'll, it will absolutely change the way you live your life. Again, you guys, I will just tell you, I got eight hours of sleep last night. I got two hours of REM sleep. I'm sleeping really well right now. And a lot of it is I'm in good shape. I've lost weight and I don't snore anymore. If you're somebody that snores, if you're somebody that has sleep apnea, now you may say, well, I snore, but I don't have sleep apnea. How do you know? Hey, I have sleep apnea, but there's no but. If you're somebody that is gasping for air, if your wife wakes you up because you're gasping for air in the middle of the night or you're waking your wife up because sleep apnea knows no limitations. It's women and men. I I am begging you to get to soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Get your free at-home sleep study. And their solution for your snoring and your sleep apnea is a mouthpiece that you wear at night. It moves your lower jaw forward that clears your, your airway. 
so you can breathe freely. Your brain can get the rest and recovery it needs. Do you guys understand that when you snore and you have sleep apnea, your brain is not getting oxygen. Your brain is being damaged and you can't undo that. Early onset dementia is a symptom, a long-term um, byproduct of sleep apnea. You're doing damage to your brain that you can't undo. You need REM sleep. You need deep sleep. You need restorative sleep so you can have your best days, right? And the, the best part about working with Sound Sleep Medical, it's a custom device fit by a dentist. Your health insurance covers it. Your, uh, your uh, cafeteria accounts, your healthcare spending accounts, they all cover it. There's no out-of-pocket expense, man. Go get it done. Soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell me you heard about it. On the Monty Show, let's talk quarterbacks in the NFL. And we have got to get into this Justin Fields thing. And I, I, I'm a, you guys know that I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I love the Chicago Bears passionately. Why are we celebrating this win over the Vikings on Monday night? Like the world stopped spinning and all of a sudden we're winning the Super Bowl. We're not winning the Super Bowl. Oh, but Justin Fields makes that throw and crown his ass. He's the MVP again. No, he's not. Do you guys understand? Yes, Justin Fields made that throw to put them in field goal position. You're not taking that away from him. Do you understand his yards per attempt on Monday night were 0.8 um, yards per attempt? Not eight yards. 0.8 yards per attempt, two feet. Let that sink in. An NFL quarterback's average yards per pass attempt was 0.8, otherwise known as two feet. This guy's not an NFL quarterback. And please stop telling me, oh, well, oh, Matt Eberflus won his first NFC North game. He's one and seven in the NFC North. And all of a sudden, this is why we're rejoicing? They, they, all of a sudden, this is the, the great Chicago Bears and we're back and we're, we're back, baby. No, you're not. You're nowhere near back. You're not good enough. You don't have an offensive line. Your quarterback is, is likely not going to be your quarterback. If we're back, why the fuck are we talking about drafting a quarterback or keeping Justin Fields? Why is that a conversation? Oh, that's right, because he's not an NFL quarterback. Hey, breaking news, boys. If we're trying to figure out if we should draft another quarterback, the guy who's there now isn't the guy that's going to be there later. And I, I don't understand this obsession with, oh, Justin Fields completed a pass. Is he an MVP candidate? Next on the score. Stay hard. Like, what are we talking about? What? He's not. Justin Fields is not now and has never shown to be an NFL quarterback. When is what are we doing? What are we doing? And I've talked about Dak Prescott all season long. That's an NFL MVP candidate. Jalen Hurts is an NFL MVP candidate. Justin Fields is a cut bench start candidate. You're not playing him if you had anybody else. He, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. That's a crapshoot. Probably taking Justin Fields. MVP, he's better than Zach Wilson. <clears throat> that's the that's the comparison. So I'm just asking you, what are we doing? 
And why are we celebrating Justin Fields and his 0.8 yards per pass attempt? I'm over it. And again, I will just sit here and say, I'm tired of being a Bears fan. And I'll be a Bears fan for the rest of my life. But at some point, figure out a stadium on the lakefront. And can we, for the first time in the history of the organization, can we have a franchise quarterback? Please. Because he ain't it. It's not it. You've got two first-round picks probably in the top five. Congratulations on that win against Minnesota that hurt your own draft pick on three field goals or whatever the hell it was. Would you want Caleb Williams? Come on. Yeah, I don't know about Caleb Williams. Probably not. I think he's a little soft. I don't, like, uh, Drake May? This is my point. So I don't know what the answer is, I, but I, I don't know. I don't know. The answer is not Justin Fields. I think the answer is not surrounding your quarterback. I think the answer <laughs> is surrounding your front office and your head coach. The Bears have struggled for decades because they've had coaching issues and front office issues. The yep. wrong philosophy combined with bad head coaching. Ooh, uh, Ari Patu from Stanford is in the is in the transfer portal. The quarterback from Stanford, wow. I'm just reading through the transfer portal. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Ben Finley from Cal is in the transfer portal. There you go. Um, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I should turn off the transfer portal. This is what Bears fans do. Yeah, it is, because we dream. Because we, yeah. we don't have, we don't have... Stop. I, I stop. Like it but this makes is my me point. crazy. As a Bears fan, what direction do you want them to go? So what? So I want them to fire Matt e Matt Eberflus mm -hmm. and Ryan Poles, the general manager, mm -hmm. and I want I want them to start over. I want them to start over. I want it. And th the answer, in my opinion, is is probably not Drake May or Caleb Williams. The answer is probably not Brock Bowers from Georgia, who's another guy that. We have Cole Komet. What am I going to do with Brock Bowers? Like, I love all these guys that I, I don't know what the answer is. I think Brock is. Bowers is a little more gifted. Then Cole Komet? Yes. No, I'll take Cole yes. Komet. I, 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 I don't need Taysom Hill on my football team right now. I need a goddamn quarterback. And when I'm done with the quarterback, I need an offensive lineman. I maintain that you're not wrong about Justin Fields, but I do think he's got more in the tank provided he gets development, which he's never going to get with this coaching staff. I don't like Michael Penix because I don't think he can stay healthy. That's the the simple yeah, but I would it. take Penix over Justin Fields. Uh, you can't go wrong taking a flyer on Michael Penix. I would take just about anybody over Justin But that's Fields. my point. That's my point. So I, I would not draft Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be too soft. I think he's going to try to be the guy who plays hero ball constantly, and I don't think it's going to work out. Could be wrong. Happy to be wrong. But that's what I think of him right now. I I would rather have Penix. I think, you know, he's he can be a guy that translates to the league, in my opinion. Yes, the injuries are a concern, but he also, you know, he can pass from the pocket, no question about it. Would be really surprised if he was a guy that turned into averaging two feet an attempt. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. And I don't think that averaging two feet uh, an attempt is all on Justin Fields. I'm probably, in my opinion... And this is just me. I, I think if I'm the Bears, 
I'm trying to find my quarterback. And if my quarterback is anybody not named Caleb Williams, make a trade. Um, because I, I just don't think that you can. But even if it was Caleb Williams, the play calling is going to suffocate him. Yeah, but I, I, that's, I think you need to – I think they're on Black Monday they will fire their guys. They I will, hope They so. will clean Matt, – Matt Eberflus, as well as he's done with the defense, has shown he's completely incompetent with the offense. But do you really trust ownership to do that? I do. I don't think you have a choice. And I think you have a new president, Kevin Warren, and you've, you've got to win games. Well, now. that's true. That's you, true. You, you, it's not his guy. I think you have to win games. And I just don't think that you're going to be able to find a quarterback in this draft that 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 beats Caleb Williams. He's shown he can take a beating. He's shown he's durable. He's also shown that he's way too emotional, though. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's a bigger problem. That is a problem. He is not a professional. Mm. Yeah, I don't I'm know. not a big fan of that. I don't know. I think you either draft a guy or you go sign a free agent. But... I, I mean, there's a couple guys in this draft that if I'm the Bears, um, I, I, I've got to have. And it's not Marvin Harrison Jr., who I don't think plays hard. Um, I think Latu, the edge rusher from UCLA, is absolutely that guy. But you don't need help on defense right now, dude. Yeah, you, you need offensive I think, help. I think you need the best players available. See, Because you're going to rebuild this team. And in my opinion, here's the issue. Hire me an offensive coach, and then we can talk about drafting offensive guys. Would you hire Brandon Staley if they fire him? No, fuck, no, hell no, no. What has he done, Brandon Staley? He's better than Eberflus. Oh, stop, stop. Oh my god, God. He's better than what you oh, have. Oh my god, and he's offensive minded. I want nothing. No, he's not. Their offense is terrible, and it. I don't. Do not hire Jim Harbaugh. Obviously. Please. Brandon Staley? No. I'm just asking a question of the people who would be available. I'm not saying that's the guy they should go and get. But you don't have – the perfect guy is not just going to fall into your lap. Yeah, I, I think when I look at – when I look at the – the the problem is the Bears job is not even going to be the best job available. Um, but I do think the Bears job can be a good job for the right guy. It is, it, it's Chicago, like major market, money. Yeah. Like you, it can be a good job. Yeah. I think that there's a number of really good young minds out there. I think Bobby Slowick, the, the Texans offensive coordinator, is absolutely somebody you have to look at. Um, I think Frank Smith, the Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator, is somebody you have to look at. You really want to take I, I a mean, flyer on a guy. I, I, because I, this team is going to have a young head coach. And my, my, my belief is that if you really want to get crazy, hire me uh, hi, and you want to draft Caleb Williams. If you do the analysis and Caleb Williams is your guy. Cliff Kingsbury? Is going to be your offensive coordinator. That, I, that's, what I, that's where I would be. Because he's a really good offensive coordinator. But I need an offensive head coach. I need a guy. I need a, 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 a guy who just wants to build. A guy who wants to make great quarterbacks because he understands that great offensive linemen have to be there. I'm telling you that starts in the front office, though. And it I'm, does. I agree with your point on Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren 
you're totally right. These none of these guys are his guys. Totally agree with that. But you can go out and get yourself, you know, an offensive minded guy, the Lincoln Riley of NFL head coaches, if you want to. You can do that. But if your GM personnel guy, you know, had a football ops guy, is not, you know, on that same page, you're gonna have issues. And that's why I say. I, it, like these draft picks are cool, but that's hardly where the conversation starts. The, the conversation starts in, in my God, I hope they've had these conversations internally already, but the conversation starts at, Hey, who's going to be, who's going to be the next GM head coach combo? Because I look around the league and, and whether you want to look at the hoodie in new England, you want to look at, you know, the chargers, who, whoever you want to look at the best teams are on the same page through three positions. Head of football ops, head coach, and quarterback. Well, there's only two. Brandon Tillis, obviously, or Brant Tillis at the Chiefs. And we should have hired JoJo Wooden from mm -hmm. the Chargers two mm -hmm. years ago. And we didn't in Chicago. And those are those two guys. The route you went. And here yeah. we are. And and I think I think those are probably the way that Wooden's built that that defense or had a hand in it, I think speaks volumes. Um Mike Berganzi's not going to be cheap. And he's the assistant GM in Kansas City, if you guys don't know that name. Do you think Kevin Warren's capable of, of because this bears, you know, what do we want to call it, a rebuild or whatever you want to call it, the path back to success, back to the playoffs, back to contention on a yearly yes. basis. That is a, that can be a short road or that can be a really long road depending on what these first steps are. It's what I said about the jazz rebuild for all you jazz fans out there. Yeah. Right? It's the choices you make on Black Monday where you fire everyone. Like, you got to get that done and get going. And I really hope that Kevin Warren at least puts this organization in a position where come draft day, you know exactly what you're looking to get done. Because I swear to God, the next Arizona Cardinaling of the NFL draft cannot be the Chicago Bears. You can't draft a quarterback no. next year, then draft another one the year after and think it's going to work out. Notice they've had head coaching changes. Notice they've had all this stuff, this all this turnover. You're the same organization, except your your front office isn't drunk driving the Raptor. That's the difference. So that's why I say the Bears' job can be a good job. But my God, you have to have direction and leadership. And I, Kevin Warren did an awesome job in the Big Ten. I think he the Big Ten is in the position they're in today because of Kevin Warren, in my opinion. The NBC contract never happens without Kevin Warren. So I hope that same business acumen comes to the front office. I really hope it does. A huge loss for Ohio State. Justin Scott flipped his commit from Ohio State to Miami. What? Holy cow. Is that a big, big story? He is, I think he's a top 10 player. Uh, he's 10th in the, or 11th, excuse me, in the on three ranking. That's unbelievable. He is, he's Chase Young. He, that that's a huge loss for Ohio State. Holy cow. What happened here? Um, dude, five, he's a five-star defensive lineman who is, he's probably going to wind up flipping. He's, he's like six, five, three, 10. So it depends on what system he gets into. Um, but he went to St. Ignatius in Chicago. And he is a massive recruit for Ohio State. Um, he's the number one player in Illinois, 
I believe he's the number two defensive lineman in the country. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. How, what, dude? This has been a terrible two week period for Ryan Day. Like, this is a massive loss, a massive loss for Ohio State. Holy cow! Bad that luck. is that is a. I have to say though. Oh my goodness! Uh, you're. You went from Ohio State to Miami? Like, well, I, but Mario Cristobal. Yeah, but we just said two hours ago that there's something wrong there. And everyone agrees on that. You don't lose all the commits they've lost. Like, yeah. It's weird to me. It, yeah, I, he is uh, that. This is shocking for Ohio State. I don't know. Maybe it is time to talk, Holy start talking cow. about Ryan Day. Maybe it is time to start talking about making a change there. But that's got yes, go black forty-five. Miami's got that bread. Holy, but, but you guys! Miami's got that bread, but Ohio State doesn't. And I'm not even an Ohio State fan, dude. Come on, I I, I don't even. This he, isn't about money, bro. This ain't about money. This is this is about something more than that. You you don't you don't go from the top of the mountain in the Big Ten. He's a, he is going to be. I think he is going to be. I think he is going to be an elite edge player. He's Chase Young, you guys. He is. He is. But like Chase Young is a perfect example. Chase Young thrived at the. He like, did. Like so, if you're if you're on even even in the same galaxy as Chase Young, you're you're telling me you're going to Miami. I could understand it if it was like wow. like uh, another playoff team, another college football playoff team caliber program, like Bama, Georgia, hell, even Florida State. You know, Man. I could even understand it if you wanted to go play for Dabo, I guess, even though I wouldn't like that move. But Miami, come on, dude, this isn't about money. That's, no way, that's a problem. That that that's what I'm talking about with Ohio State valued him at three hundred and forty five thousand dollars in NIL. So I this has to be a money thing. It doesn't it? I mean it has I to I guess. Be. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like, hey, he's going to Miami because he's I guess. Ooh. I guess. Dude. That's a bad look, dude. That is uh, oh my God. That is a huge loss for Ryan Day. That I mean, that is a huge loss for Ryan Day. Little uh not to get sidetracked here. It's being reported now in by Sam uh Amico that uh Oops, wire. Yeah, that the Bulls are asking for Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves for Zach Levine. So we talked about this as well here on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, uh, where you never pay a penny out of, to out of pocket to talk to an attorney. In fact, you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case, and it's never out of your pocket. Um, once they reach a, uh, a, a positive outcome for you, whether that be financial settlement or otherwise, uh, but Chaplin attorney right now, best workman's comp people you'll ever meet car accidents, motorcycles, bicycles, you name it, the advocates.com. Um, so we have been slow playing this Lakers, Austin Reeves situation, because we've heard repeatedly that the Lakers are by far the leaders in the race for Zach Levine. And the question is, would they trade Austin Reeves? And the answer is unequivocally yes. If you can get Zach Levine, that makes LeBron and AD a much, he's a, he is a much better pairing. 
if you replace Zach Levine, if you replace Austin Reeves with Zach Levine, you're cooking with gas. Yeah. I think Oklahoma City was the leader before the 15-year-old showed up. And I Damn. think I think that they would have traded. They were Josh Giddy and Salty Drunk and a lot of other people in the chat didn't believe me when I said this. Josh Giddy was one of the highest, highest in-demand players in the NBA. Because I, OKC has been, I mean, it's not a secret that Josh Giddy and Chet are having trouble playing together. Stylistically, they don't match well. I think that you would give up Rui Hachimura and AR if you got, I think you need Kobe White in return. They're going to have to give you, they're going to have to give you a player plus. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to give you Zach Levine plus. And I think that the biggest issue is that Kobe White is a really quality guard depth guy. And do you want him in that trade? And can you get a third team involved if you really want to make that trade happen? That's the biggest question. I'm not surprised by that at all. Not at all. I, I and I and I the only my only concern for the Lakers is Levine's availability. It's my only concern. He so, is someone, as a Bulls fan, trust me, he's hurt all the time. All the time. And this is a team that's riddled with injury. And 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 look, I get it. You know, the Lakers philosophy has for a long time been, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna sign the big boys. And if the injuries happen, it is what it is. We're just gonna deal with it. And hey, I get it. Totally understand, but I just think, you know, when you're going to give up the quality that is Austin Reeves now tonight coming off your bench as opposed to starting, uh, that that to me is there's some loss there. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I thought that that's really interesting. And, and this little dynamic happening in the East, you know, you have several teams that, you know, the Bulls, the Cavs, yeah. you know, you've got several teams, the Knicks, obviously, that need to make some moves. And and I think this year's trade deadline is going to be a lot busier than last year's. I would agree. And the Lakers defensively are just abysmal. I mean, they are really, really bad. I don't even know how you explain it. Defensively, the Lakers just like Christian Wood just watched a guy just get a free layup. Didn't follow him, didn't step to him, nothing. And they're playing the Detroit Pistons. And now granted, they're up 13. They're terrible defensively. The Lakers are just, I mean, they're giving up open look after open look. I, I don't know how you explain it, but they Not need good. to do something. They absolutely need to do something. Okay. Whew. How about that 10 minutes? Crazy. How about that 10 minutes? You get it. I think this, this is a massive story at Ohio State. I, I don't know how Justin Scott got out of Columbus, but somebody did something. And my guess is this is old world Big Ten not wanting to pay NIL money. I, I That's the only thing that I can come up with. I cannot believe that this cat got away. Uh, I just can't believe it. It's got to be money. It's got to be money. It has to be. Uh, Jeff Woodward, did you see the video, Mike, of what? Uh, Mike Smith, skinny dipping at Disney gets you uh, on the sexual predators list. What are we talking about? What happened at Disneyland? Now I'm going to have to search that. And uh, I do agree with what people are saying in the Justin Scott graphic. He's got money all over this thing. Oh, is so, that? Yeah, he In does. the graphic, a pile of money sitting next to him, money falling. like. So maybe it is a money thing. Oh, my. <laughs> a man at Disneyland was arrested Sunday after he allegedly went skinny dipping in the water of the iconic It's a Small World. 
Who's going to be? Shocking video on social media shows a man strolling around the attraction wearing just underwear and glasses as a pile of clothes sit on the ground. In another clip, the man is seen taking a seat next to a singing um, animatronic doll as uh, music plays near a faux Taj Mahal on the ride. Stop, stop. You're going to get hurt. Stop, stop. I need you to stop. Please just sit down, one cast member said. The CAC. What are you doing? I'm looking for attention. Like, this is bizarre to me. Can I just, and I understand that I am a naive son of a biscuit. Right. What is with all the sex in public lately? This girl, um, this girl in this viral video on TikTok two days ago who may have um, made pleasantries with herself on a beach <laughs> and allow, like somebody videotaped it and she couldn't believe she was getting arrested for that. Like, what are we doing, dude? <laughs> what are we, what, like, what are we doing? Uh, I, and now you're streaking at Disneyland, sir. That's a felony. That is that is felony exposure, sir. You're going to jail, and you're you're going to register. You're and on knock the, on some doors, right? You're on the registry, man. Seriously, hi, I'm uh, I'm Jimmy. I'm the uh, Small World streaker. Oh yeah, it it appears. Hiscock. It appears you are at Small World, sir. You fit right in. <laughs> right. You always like, had to be negative. What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, oh my man. God. Uh, that's not looking for attention. That's looking for jail. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Fat Jesus, where are you? Uh, dude went skinny dipping in It's a Small World, and it is a small world. Thank you. What are we doing? Hi. Manio's a ribeye. People are nuts. Yes, they are. Where is my guy, Teddy Wayman? I don't know. Where is Teddy Wayman? I don't know. Where is T-E-D-D-Y at? The CAC. It's my dude. I miss Teddy Wayman. Ben Draper. Uh, Mike Smith, D's nuts. Okay. But you guys, I, that's the thing that I struggle with. Like, where where are... Like, how did you think that was going to work out, dude? Ron Nolan, exactly, lately. What is up with all these people being being sexual? And uh, I I've, I don't get it. Via social media. Yeah. I, I, I guess you're trying to be, like, you're trying to be famous? Maybe. Is that what this is? I don't know, but if you're naked and it's a small world, that's a you problem. (laughs) You deserve to be in jail for that. (laughs) Dakota Tubbs. Gary is 100% right on this one. The West Coast additions are definitely the more attractive options for prospects. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, Fat Jesus. It was a promo for a new Disney character, Naked Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Joseph Smith, new meaning of the teacup ride for sure. Mm. Um, I agree with that. The West Coast teams. G off. How the heck are you, buddy? Good to see you. Um, Final. Gregory Krug. What's up, Gregory? Good to see you. Uh, By the looks of that guy's pecker, he should have been charged with a misdemeanor. His cock. I'm sorry. I thought you said pecker. Here I am. Wow. Uh, Monty owes a ribeye. I need Teddy to get away from the Draper moms and pick up his ribeye so I can get a new account name. You do. <laughs> you do. You do. Exactly right. Uh, Aaron Wilson, I'm going to get bucked up and streak in Cinderella's castle. I wouldn't do that. Hey, look at me. I wouldn't do that. 
Uh, OG Gary, West Coast schools were a death sentence for Michigan and Ohio State because they're already paying. Mm -hmm. They're already paying. And I'm telling you, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that this, this happened. Like, and, and I, maybe I'm just stunned. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I'm looking at this, this situation with J Justin Scott who is a top 10 defensive player in the recruiting class and I think will be an absolute stud on the edge. He was your next Chase Young, your next Bosa, your next dude, Khalil Mack. And you let him for NIL money? You're Ohio State. Not anymore. I, you got you have got to look at you have got to look at this dude. Like you have got to um yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, you got to look at Ryan Day now. Yeah, I think, but this again, I, I don't, are you just being a jerk? Is that why you're pronouncing his name like that? I don't know how else I'm supposed to pronounce it. Uh, it's pronounced properly if it, and if you, you know, say it phonetically, it's Lloyd Carr. That's bullshit. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Monty owes a ribeye. Teddy is probably skinny dipping in Monty's hot tub. Very well could be. Cause shit's going good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> save the nudity for the Matterhorn like the rest of us. The exactly. Matterhorn. David George, Noah Fafita is not going anywhere. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, but you know, Arizona's got some money issues of their own. So, you know. I think some folks are worried about that. I think some folks are worried about that. Okay, we we need to we need to shout out Buddy, who's got eleven thousand minutes of listening time on the show here, dude. So a lot of people have been hitting us about uh, their their Spotify listenership. It's, it's that time of year where Spotify always does the recap of your most listened stuff for the year. And so we we have a pretty big following on Spotify. We have a lot of people that listen on Spotify, and I appreciate that. Look at this homie right here. Z Dausch. Z Dausch. You know. You listen for 11,000 minutes. You're a top 2% fan. Let's go. Crazy. I'm for real. Let's go. Z Dausch. I'm for real. Z, let's just call you Z. Yeah, Z is Appreciate good. you, Z. That's crazy. Way to go, baby. Way to go. Love that. But if you listen on Spotify, shout it out, man. Love everybody on Spotify. Most people watch us on, on YouTube, on the old YouTube machine. Just Google search The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. It'll come right up. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to do. Okay, can we talk about, real quick, can we talk about gym guy? Yes. Do you guys like going to the gym? No. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I love it. I love it. And the problem this time of year is... We're all about, oh, well, you know, it's the revolutionaries, resolutioners, to fill in the gym. Um. So I go to a gym at 5.30 in the morning, me and Mrs. Monty. We get up at 5, drag our asses to the gym, bang a workout, go home. Roll in this morning, and it actually wasn't packed yet. So you know how it is at a gym that's just overflowing. You got to get your weights or you're not going to get your weights. Yes, yes, yes. So in this particular gym, I go to a gym called Vaza Fitness. Um, the dumbbells are impossible to get. 
So we were doing shoulders and arms this morning. So I get a, for shoulder press, I get a a 35 pound set. For lateral raises, I get a 30 pound set. And I also had a 15. Mrs. Monty, I think was 20, 10 and five. We're working out, we're banging, having a great shoulder arm workout until Buddy walks up. In his camo pants and his cutoff t-shirt. Oh, God. With his elbow sleeves on and his headband. Hey, man, are you really using all those weights? And I said, apparently so. Just like that. Apparently so. And he just is like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's what the like, fuck are you, Ranger Rick? And the gym is full. And I'm like, I'm not here for your political. And I was going to, I think I said statement, but I meant to say um, correctness. Because I true, oh my God, LeBron, you ripped the room down, motherfucker. Uh, but I I think I miss, I meant to say political correctness. And he's like, he's like, dude, you know, it, he, he was going on. And I said, man, you're in my space and I'm trying to work out. You're in my space. Like, dude, you walked over to me. I'm like, Let's just go. Let's just hey, my ass.com. I'm like, let's move on, dude. I'm trying to work out. And so finally he walks away. It's like, dude, are you really going to walk up to me? And it's not like I'm standing there not working out. Mm-hmm. You walked up to me while I was working out. Mm-hmm. It's not like the weights were just sitting everywhere and you couldn't believe it. Like we're using all the weights. We're doing what's called a drop set. And like, we're using the weights. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot stand this version of gym guy. So now let me ask you this. Cause I think as dudes, we all go through this when we work out with our, our ladies, how much of a consideration in how you handle the situation? Is it that Mrs. Monty's there? She was pissed. I, I actually, in my head, when this guy walked up said, just be cool, man. <laughs> I, Cause I'm going to stay calm and not curse. You can walk up to me in public and I'm, I'm not difficult to talk to. But when you walk up to me and you start with, are you really using all these weights? No, asshole. I got him here because I think it looks cool. <laughs> I'm building a maze. Um, what do you think I'm doing? So she was like, well, you could have been nicer. The way you, <coughs> what do you, and political, political statements. Like she just, I don't know what she wanted me to like. I think she, her point was you could have just explained that the gym's really busy and it's hard for us to get weights. And, but my point was what kind of asshole does that? I've been going to this gym for three years. I think it's the second time anybody, somebody came up to me once during COVID and and was pissed. I was wearing a mask and I was there for that. And that was iconic. Other than that, nobody generally messes with me at the gym. Here's the dynamic that's at play too, that I think is really crucial. So, so you're not some five, five, 150 pound soaking wet individual. No. Right. Like you're this guy that can move some weight and like, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some balls to walk up to you and be like, Hey man, you using all those weights. Like you gotta be are a little, you, different, are you dude. really, are you really using all these weights? So bro, I take that into consideration. Cause if you have the balls to walk up to my guy right here, then you're a little different. And when I say that, I just mean if you got the balls to walk up to him and cop an attitude with the first words that come out of your 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 pie hole, you're a little different. And, and mentally, I was waiting for him to throw a punch. 
I'm always in that mindset when somebody comes up to me like that. He didn't. And he was never probably in a place to do that. Mm -hmm. But why are you accosting people at the gym? And this is the issue, though. These gyms oversell their memberships. Yes, they do. So peak hours are absolutely overflowing with the commoners. And it's really frustrating. May, I, I'll be honest. It makes me not want to go to that gym. That's part of the reason I don't like going. There's a new gym being built less than a mile away. And it's a big one. It's an EOS fitness. And I'm really hoping mm -hmm. that 90% of the people who go to this Vaza go over to the EOS. Because... It makes me not want to go to the gym. Yeah, I don't like going to that gym. And and it's why I would rather right now, until that EOS is open, I would rather, you know, go to the range five times. I'd rather, you know, and I get it. That's not a strength training workout. It's different. You know, that's, you know, you probably, you know, you're exerting yourself more strength training. Totally get it. I don't even dispute that. But I'm not interested. If I'm going to get up at five, Dude, after I've worked 12 hours, I'm not wanting to go to a gym that's packed. I went to the gym for a week straight, and what happened? I got sick. And why did I get sick? Because the gym is always constantly overflowing. There is not proper space. And I'm not saying that you should go to the gym expecting, you know, to be perfectly spaced and everyone's six no. feet apart. Like, I'm not saying that. But but I I it pissed me off that I went to the gym, and what's one of the first things I get? coffer guy who won't get the hell out of the the tighter areas of the gym because you know that right like when you're like we've all done it hey you know i got the sniffles you know i'm not i'm not like sick sick i'm not like hey i gotta stay in bed sick but you know i'm a little sick maybe i got a cough for the sniffles or i just don't sound good and i still want to go to the gym because i'm the guy and i absolutely am this person that believes hey work out while you're sick it'll help you get over it faster totally down with it but if you've got a cough and you're hacking like maybe let's not go to the tightest portions of the gym like let's stay out in the open you know let's be respectful of people's space but you can't even do that at this gym because it is so overcrowded i haven't even gotten to the point in the concept that you oversold the hell out of this gym and it's always in terrible condition stuff's always broken I, yes weights are always everywhere the, the cables and i'm a huge user when i do chest i like to bench i like dumbbells and i like cables mm-hmm you can never use the cables because one side or the other is always broken. If it's not too busy, it's broken. Yeah. And it is incredibly frustrating. It is incredibly frustrating. And, and so it's like, dude, like, like, hey, great. I'll just go to my apartment gym. That's half the gym that is, even though I'm paying to go to that gym. I'll just go to my apartment gym. I'll get a nice little workout in, walk on the treadmill, and that's it. Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with gym douche. I don't. And like, the frustrating the it. frustrating part is we had a great workout. Right. And that's the thing. We had you, a really good workout dude, going. Some of your best workouts when you're at the gym are drop set workouts because you can get in that groove and you can get like five, six, seven, eight sets in and you can find your rhythm. And, you know, we all know that feeling when you're doing an early workout. You got to get your second wind about 10 minutes into the workout. You get that second wind, you're hammering it out and dude wants to walk over in his camouflage pants that he probably got at, you know, the store. And be like, hey, yeah. dude. And it's like, get out of here, bro. And like, then my wife, you. I actually thought I handled it well, and my wife was still pissed at me for it. Yeah, because it's it, it's it's a tone thing. It's she's somebody that you know would rather you say, hey, hey, man, like, yeah, we are we are using these weights, and sorry about that, but we are. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking LeBron. <laughs> he just did the too small thing to Cade Cunningham, and I'm like, what are you doing, man? 
and another free layup for the Pistons. They're up 20. I, the only thing I'll say is, if you come at me aggressively, I am the guy that's going to give you tone back. I I just I it's I'm with you. It's hard for me to believe that you would come at me like that. Uh, that's mm. I would be. It, so it would be different. Like like I said, if you were even my size, like I'm only six foot. I'm not some behemoth of a human being. But but you're you're intimidating. Like someone's gonna walk up to you and think it's cool and have that tone. It, you're different, bro. I'm sorry. And then, and again, like I said, I'm not some behemoth. But when you and I are working out together, like we work out, we we're not just there to socialize. And there was a point. There was a point over the summer. A couple, uh, yeah, maybe a year ago, where we were doing hundred pound dumbbells pressing, hundred pound dumbbell pressing. This cat walked up to us and said, "Man, you guys, that is really impressive." Like. Uh, we're not weak, weak folks, but dude, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you need to turn on the Suns game. I'm a little concerned about Sex Machine. We yeah. are uh, the. By the way, the Lakers are at the half. They're up uh, 17. Anthony Davis has 30 of the 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Nice. Made. So you're gonna win on that. Um, but Devin Booker only has two, uh, two. Like it's a little concerning. Did you check ESPN? Yeah, check ESPN. I haven't, but I will. Uh, it's he's a, playing. It, it, he is, and they're playing Toronto. So I'm a little surprised to see that. Uh, wet like on book, 10 points, 0 of 4 from the floor, a rebound and an assist. So what do you what do you have him on? Points, rebounds, and assists. 38. He's only and a got half. two. 38, 39 and a half, and so he's, he's only got, got two. Yeah, but he's got. But that's you just said he had 10 points, right? No, no points. Oh, okay. He's got a rebound and an assist. Oh, okay. I thought you said he had 10 points. You're in trouble. Okay. Uh, Gumby fresh out. Better to be pissed off than pissed on. Yeah. Okay. OG Gary, there are like three dudes at my work gym. I love it. I'm so glad I canceled my EOS membership. Best decision ever. I got COVID four times at it's EOS. It's so frustrating, dude. And it, and, and it, I, I hate to say this. I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, dude, this gym is overcrowded. Got sick the last time I was there. Stuff's always broken. Like what? It's not cheap. What really am I paying my $40 a month for? And I pay it because I love lifting. I like lifting. I'm I'm into a good cycle now, but the and in this gym you get shouted at and looked at when you wear a mask. And it's uncomfortable. That's the problem. Um Katie Raider says Jake sounding like Aggie. Okay. What does that mean? Uh Aaron, two holes sounding like a wussy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Gumby fresh out says Gumby on parole. Okay. <laughs> OG Gary go during milf hours. Those are the best times to go. They hardly touch free weights. Yeah. And look at this gym. You can get, if you go at nine place is empty. It's but I can't time. go at nine. Well, you could go at nine. You absolutely could go at nine. If you change the structure of your day, you could go at nine. Yeah, yeah we could, but you don't want to. No, that's tough. Those are, those are my God. book just looks terrible tonight. He'll get it going in the second half. Uh, I'd never come at Monty, Gumby Fresh Out says. I'm never going to throw hands. Like that. Kim Coulter, how are you? Uh, Katie, go to smoke. I don't have your number. Okay. 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 Jeff Woodworth, I do 12-ounce curls for 12 hours at a time. That's my workout. <laughs> I like it. 
I like it. Mr. Buckeye Muscle. Okay. Okay, was there two sets of every dumbbell pair, like two sets of 15s? If there isn't, you take every weight from 5 to 35, then that's kind of a sour move. No, what it was was this gym is huge. So there are four sets of five pounders, four sets of every dumbbell. There is, yeah. We had one set, and we didn't even have every set. No, Again, you I, had you had a third. Yeah, I think ahead. I had a thirty-five. One set of thirty-fives. One set of twenty-fives, and a set of fifteens. Mrs. Monty had a twenty, a fifteen, and a five. And this cat was upset about it. Like, I don't think that I was. I don't think I was being that difficult, man. I really don't. And I'm really in a good spot. I've lost a bunch of weight. I I have cut really well. Like I'm trying to add muscle and burn fat. Like I'm in a good routine. Like I've got all my bucked up supplements. I got my pre-workout. I got like, I'm, I'm good to go. I just wish the gym was easier to use. And this new gym that's opening, this new EOS, I really need it to be a banger. Because all those people can go to EOS. I'll stay at my gym. That's all I'm asking for, man. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel better? We, again, didn't get to Dak Prescott. It is what it is, man. So real quick on Josh Giddy, There's an update. Oh, God. Josh Giddy's family. Josh Giddy's family says he was tricked. According to the Daily Mail UK, Josh Giddy's family is telling people that he was tricked. Sounds like an excuse. So you're saying it happened. If this Daily Mail story is true, it sounds like Josh Giddy did, in fact, have relations with this girl. You got to take him off the floor, man. I, I You got to take him Josh, off the floor. dude, you're an idiot if this is true. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, like, I'm one of the guys that says, hey, do you not have any perspective? You're taken care of for life. You play basketball for a living, dude, and you're out here fooling around? with some girl who might be of age or who told you she was, but then you got like, what? Yeah. Like be better, dude. It's not hard. I, I don't disagree with you. I really don't disagree with you. We'll see what, we'll see what maze. Um, tomorrow on the show, I think we got to start getting into the PAC 10 uh, PAC 12 championship game. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. If it kills me. And do you guys ever eat at buffets? That's what it is. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. I'm going home to do it right now. Make that bread. $10 charitable donation gets you a 30-day trial membership at TridayTrading.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.